Welcome to the Talk and Chatter experience, powered by Gasoline Alley Harley-Davidson. For those who don't know me, my name is Mick from M33 Productions and I'm your host. Uh, today's show, funnily enough, is number one. We sit down and chat to motorcycle enthusiast, business owner and proud father Brian Farrow. Sit back, relax and enjoy the ride. Hey mate. What's happening? Oh man, just uh, just done my road trip up to here, Sick. finally. It's yeah. good. Good venue. The intro is mint. That's awesome. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's uh proud father. I like that. I like well, that little. Where well, you are, mate. Absolutely. Uh, and I, uh, I've been fortunate enough to hang around you a fair bit in the last oh, last 12, 18 months. And yep. You just see it, you know. Apart from, it's them and then motorcycles. It seems when you're out. Uh, absolutely, mate. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, definitely the missus. She's yeah. a gun. So yeah, yeah. Very, very. I'm a very fortunate man, mate. That's for sure. Yeah, you've, and you've got a um. You seem to be one of these ones that, like, one of these ones, one of these people that have got a balance. Like, you really balance the family, and your family seems to really enjoy being part of the sport and stuff yep. as well. Is yep. that is that how you feel about? Uh, it? Absolutely, not all the time. Yeah, uh, that balance is such a such an easy word, such a hard thing to conquer. Yeah, um, there's definitely times where uh, I bugger it up, that's for sure. And there's definitely times where uh, you know you just have to push, especially with business, you just have to push the envelope for a period of time until you sort of achieve or get through what you need to and then try and achieve that balance back, I guess. And yeah. f- and for you, like, uh, actually, it's a real weird one, but I, I think with you, Brian, I haven't spoken to anyone on the phone as much in the past 12 months as you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mate, I, I've spoken to you, like, what, one night we were on the phone for nearly three hours. Yep. yep. Um, so, yeah. It's I, the longest uh, phone call I've ever had. Yeah, me too, mate. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? I, I, I Just I, kept going. I'm like, all right, we're going to wrap it up. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And then next minute, so, another hour. So damn much. And that's, uh, yeah, one of those things. And I guess trying to find a balance amongst being a good guy amongst business and, and yep. obviously being home, home and family is a, a massive thing for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, how'd you get into, how'd you get into bikes? Like, how did, yeah, how'd it start? So, I've got a photo on my wall, which I love having because it reminds me I'm uh, sitting on, I'm in my nappy, sitting on my old man's shovel head. I guess I'm about two there, I guess, about two. And uh, so my dad has been in Harley scene since he was young, you know. So uh, he's had a, he'd had a shovel for a lot of years, um, roughly from when he was about 18 to 2003. So I grew up with a little 50 and a leather jacket on, you know, yeah. like I was, yeah, I was the weird kid, but um, doomed from the start for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things, hey, it's uh, like similar with myself being a fair-skinned individual. I grew up in a surf town and my dad said, oh, mate, you shouldn't be out the sun. You should put motorcycle gear on. It's safer. Yeah. And I don't know, but anyway. Um, yeah, UV protectant. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, here we are now and uh, we both love love bikes and yep. uh, that's obviously why we're here today. So yep, last absolutely. year we went out with the old man Yep. Um, yep. to Morgan Park. Yeah. What was that like? Awesome, mate. Yeah. Um, my old man can steer a bike. So when I was growing up, I always had like, um, as every kid does for their parents, but especially every son for their dad, he's the hero, you know, like no one can beat him, no one can beat him up type deal, you know, that full uh, mindset. And uh, so to get out and actually be able to, because my dad doesn't really ride with me on the road, um, he's too scared that I'll push the envelope too far and crash. And uh, because dad's done it a long time and uh, he knows how competitive I am. So um, realistically, I've only ridden with my dad sort of once or twice in a very slow manner on the road. Um, Frustrating pace for sure. Um, So to be able to actually get out and uh, blow the cobwebs out with the old man was massive, mate. I um, 
dad loved it. I loved it. Um, I never ever thought I'd see my dad in leathers for another thing or a full <laughs> face. He's quite claustrophobic. So putting a full face on, he freaks out. And uh, I think we got there and he was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. It's, it's all a bit much. And I sort of pushed him across the line a little bit to get it done. We'd gone so far to do it. So he had the best day, mate. As, as soon as the day was done, he was already getting better brakes on his bike, getting better suspension on his bike, getting ready for round two, you know, like he loved it. And you, you just rode there too, didn't you? Or yes, yeah. There, there I, and back? No, I didn't get to ride back because I wore through That's my primary. So it was unrideable on the way home. Yeah, but you were overtaking everyone on the track. Yeah. Like there was no, <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't one of these things. Oh, it's a Harley, blah, blah, blah. Like you're yeah. like, uh, you're, you're not an ego person, but you were hooking. Yeah, we were in the slow group. So um, uh, it's probably... To be honest, mate, I reckon everyone should do it because there was there was people out there, there were some chicks out there that didn't look like they'd been riding very long and more so utilising the track to build a skill set, which was sick. Um, obviously, you give them people plenty of room. Um, so I'd, I keep a pretty open mind on that stuff, but I didn't really feel like there was any shit, you know, I could go out, ride my bike. As once as they could see that we weren't leaving oil everywhere and weren't breaking down, everyone was really accommodating and uh, it was good fun, yeah. But we're definitely in the slow group, so I don't think it's much of a uh, feat to be the quickest one out there on the slow group, you know. It's good to see. It was good to see and, you know, uh, I've done sports bikes for a bit and whatnot yep. and it was, I, I feel there's a, a real turn of the tide of, Yes. of Harleys and that coming to the track. Obviously, the boys that we all hang around with are starting to look into it. And yep. it's nice to see. And, you know, your bike was more than capable. Yep. Um, yep. Every, and, and, you know, you've shown on many occasions that you do take them everywhere. Yeah. So <laughs> the track's probably the minimal one. Yep. What was what was the bike at the start? How long you ride? How, how did all that take place? Like you're obviously saying about that. But yep. tell us more. So uh, th- that bike in particular or just... Start. Yeah, just go, th- just go through so a few, mate. That bike in particular, uh, well, let's start the bike before because it, it makes a better story. So the bike before, I built a uh, street bob and pretty much went to the max, 124, all the trimmings, 140 horsepower, 150 foot-pound of torque and uh, every piece of gear I could fit on it put on, you know, better brakes, everything. So uh, it was too much. Like the thing was, would have been great at the track, but for trying to do stunts and everything like the thing was just wild you know so um i learned a lot from that bike of how far you can push things doesn't necessarily mean you should you know so that taught me a lot to build a product for someone for them you know just Mm. because you can have more power doesn't really mean you you need it you know so this bike it's a stock 103 um cube wise just with a small torque cam um, camps all plate, all pump, all the trimmings in there, welded balance crank to keep it long lasting. But um, as far as power and that goes, it's not fast. Like it's a standard Harley, you know, so standard brakes, um, uh, Lindell pads in there, which make a big difference with the standard brakes, but standard brakes. So you can literally go out, put some good suspension under it for sure. Legend suspension, chuck that there, it makes a world difference. Chuck that in, go ride. That's all you need. Yeah, and pretty, a good seat. To pretty hold basic. You. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Oh, mate, the seat's huge. Mm. So uh, even at the track day, I noticed like, because uh, i got a bit of a gripper on my lumbar of my seat on the backrest, that gripper, because I'm ha- trying to hang off the bike, especially in those leathers, 
those leathers were slippery. Like I'd be quicker <laughs> in jeans and skate shoes for sure. Yeah. So it couldn't hang off. I felt like I was just going to topple off. So having a good seat um, helps lock you in. Um, so you literally, the bike's doing everything. You're not really hanging on, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, we're up here at, up at your facility today. Yep. How, how'd you get into the shop? How, how did the a, like mechanic by trade or how did that all start? Yeah, so I worked for Harley for uh, roughly eight years and then uh, just down the sunny coast here. Uh, g- great, great place, mate. It was awesome. Uh, John Faithful was my first boss. Really, really good good guy. Hard ass for sure, which is good, you know. Um, I learn a lot more as I do this. You kind of got to be. Um, when I was younger, I thought it was a hard ass. Now it all sort of come to fruition a bit that it's, it's a necessity. Um, but yeah, so I started there. I was doing cylinder heads beforehand and then Harley offered me the job. So I went down, got into that at, uh, 17 and, um, then did that for roughly eight years. Then me and the wife traveled for 20 months I'd come back. I was actually going back there to get my job and wasn't really greeted with open arms. So, I uh, started thinking a little bit differently and, um, the old man had a bit of space out the back. So oh, why don't you just put the bench I got, put it there, make a bit of room and, see what happens literally sweeping the floor making room a guy come in and was like oh your old man just said you're doing harleys can i get a service and mate literally i used to help dad a couple of days a week and dad always jokes and says now he's got to help me a couple of days a week you know like um yeah it's really cool very fortunate that dad let me do it too he didn't charge me any rent for quite a while mate to get me on my feet um and i couldn't thank him enough for that What's his, uh, what's his background? So drive lines, so tail shafts. Ah. So he does um, make some, he's very, very, it sounds like such a simple job, bit of tube, you know, and anytime you say to someone, he does tail shafts, they go, oh, he must be broke, you know, like that can't be a good going thing. Every car full drive's got tail shafts, that's front wheel drive. But uh, it's a gr- great little business. Um, I did a bit when I was younger, so got to learn how to use the lathe and the mill, basically. Um, definitely not a, not a wizard on them. And that's and an art, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> the old man's a gun at it, mate. Really? Like, and even he'll say he's not that good at it, but he is, you know. Like, mm. um, but we just don't need to do that much on them. We're not having to make a wheel. We're mm. just normally cutting spaces to lengths and making making um, for the trackers, making all the disc and the pulley spaces. That's it, you know. Like, it's not really rocket science that stuff. Mm. So we can we can utilize it for that. Uh, the old man can utilize it for a bit more. Anything past that. We uh, outsource it for sure. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Because yeah, it is. It, it, unless you're doing it every day, it's a, it's an art, and it's an art piece. And yeah, you know, automation now is you know your CADs and whatnot, machines, and yep. mills, CNC, whatever. It's yep. it's huge, eh? Like, oh, the, watching them draw all that stuff up in yep. a computer and then just hitting start. That's like yeah. you watch all that machine porn on Facebook, and you you get lost there for like half an hour looking at a lathe working. Like apart from bikes, it's probably one of the things. That, that you do get lost in. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, yep. like you look at things like uh, water cutting, laser cutting. Yep. Just see the machine just take over. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's the start of robots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it won't be long. <laughs> no, nah, it won't be long. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, what about last year? You you got to go to the States. Yep, yep. What, what was that all about? So, uh, mate, I pretty much owe all, well, not all of that, but a lot of that to Dean Ross, actually. So... Rossi's a gun, mate, and he's he's created he well he in my eyes kicked off uh, all of this 
madness with Harley in Australia, right? So the Harley wheelies, the flat track, and he may not have kicked it all off, but in my eyes, that's the guy I seen, you know, like that's the guy I seen doing all the dumb shit. And I'm like, oh, what is this guy doing? Like, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, and then Rossi put together an event, um, Oz Hooligan X. So, and then, uh, so we all got down to actually race pretty much hooligan rules as close as we could um, down at his event. And I just caught the bug, you know, like I uh, got down there. The track was, um, we, we all rode the same track, so it is what it is, but it was definitely um, a little bit challenging. And, um, uh, but everyone had a great time. Mid Midday would be riding the drag strip, doing wheelies and skids. And then I was literally in my motocross gear on my diner and then getting back, racing flat track and back and forward. And obviously the parties at the night are just as much fun. I don't think I've raced apart from in the States and one race here without a hangover. Um, uh, but yeah, so from that, um, sort of got the bug happening and then I seen the qualifier for, I, I won that event. as the first time I ever really tried flat track. So uh, I was like, oh shit, I'm, maybe I'm not too bad at this, you know, like I, I would have been stoked with the top five and uh, me and James Gamble shot down and uh, I actually come first and second. So both of us, um, we're like, oh shit, we we got to give this a crack, you know. And then so started obviously changing the, the build of the bike a little bit, getting a little bit more more uh, involved in it, make it look a bit cooler because we essentially went down on road sportsters with flat track tyres on them, you know. Jimmy just had a rear street tyre on that he carved up and he didn't even have a tracker tyre on there. Damn. <laughs> so it, hats off to him. If he had a decent tyre, he probably would have smoked me. Um but yeah, so that all started, sort of lit the fire under my ass to start getting things together and being like, oh, I could probably, I could probably do this, you know. And then um, the thing come up for X Games, you needed a Harley um, dealership to back you to get into it because Harley sponsor it, right? So, right. so then I was like, oh shit. And um, Scott from Sunny Coast actually um, got onto some guys in the states, and I could have got one of the guys in the states to sponsor me to do it, but um, luckily. Uh, Marcus from Harley Australia got it together for me and Harley Australia sponsored me for the event. Mm -hmm. When I say sponsored, I mean like they've just put their name on me so they could get me in, you know? It's not like there's this blank check, no. go racing in America. N no, not it's, at all. It's no. just a recommendation. Exactly, yeah, right. yeah. Just, just so that I could get a tour, which I'm hugely grateful for. Yep. And then, uh, so, then there was a matter of trying to get a bike over there. We didn't have time, so anything we looked at, I couldn't even finish the bike i was building to be honest we were so busy with the workshop so then obviously i was looking at buying a bike over there and i spoke to denny ruthless over there never met the guy barely spoke to him on instagram hit him up to buy a bike for me you know like and he was like yeah dude send me the money and i'll find you one so i sent him five and a half grand i think or, or maybe a little more i can't really remember um to a guy i'd never met barely yeah. spoken to <laughs> and just trusted him you know like he just talking with him seemed like he had good good um love for the culture and everything i told him what i wanted to do with the bike and he was like yeah dude let's get it done so he went right out of his way to find me a bike um and made i hope he comes to australia one day so i can repay the favor so he <laughs> found me a bike haggled with a few dudes a few dudes pissed him off as well so i was like because he's a straight shooter you know so he and I was like, oh, I really feel bad because he's gone out his way and then guys are pissing him off. So, But he found me a bike, found me a sports to sport, um, which I now have back here as well, which I'm super stoked about. But found me a sporty sport, got over there, 
when I got there, I actually lost my license in Australia before I left. So one of my mates was meant to come and he had some stuff come up. So he landed in LAX and had to fly home. So I had no license, no way of hiring a car, <laughs> nothing. So I sort of caught Ubers. I had a few mates living in um, just out of Hollywood and uh, James. So I crashed on his couch. He got me around to places, uh, had a few nights on the piss with him. Then um, went from there, got out to, he gave me a lift out to Danny. So Danny had the bike at his house, got a lift out to Danny's house, which is awesome house, even better bikes. And um, talking shit with him for a bit, hopped on the bike with my motocross helmet on. So uh, hopped on my bike, no, lo- no license, no insurance, no <laughs> what a recipe oh mate recipe for disaster so I hopped on that at least then i had a way around so i basically just had my backpack on with all my stuff in it all my belongings and then um uh away i went you know so and then i was just sort of hopping from hotel motel from wherever i could now my next dilemma was actually making the bike ready to race so the bike you're cruising around la on this is the bike you plan to race yes. in the qualifier? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and I had nowhere to do it. Mm. So, uh, there's a brand in Canada called Crooked Clubhouse. And I do a bit with them. And Johnny's a legend. Really, really cool dude. And um, he was coming out for Born Free as well, which is just after the qualifier. So, I'm talking away with him. I'm like, dude, do you know anyone around here? I'm in um, San Clemente area, I believe, near Newport. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's like, oh, I'll have a look. I'll let you know. So he got on to Seth Enslow. Seth Enslow is really good mates with Gustin Motorsports. So he talked to um, them for me. Mate, those guys, literally I turned up, just rode in on the Sporty with a backpack full of chain, sprockets, suspension, oh. <laughs> spaces for wheels. I didn't even have a rim. Danny Ruthless lent me a 19-inch rim. Right, like this is crazy how much it i had to pull together and the community rallied behind me you know so anyway pull up to gustin's they're like yeah mate no worries here we got a bench for you set me up with a bench let me use every tool in their facility and they're busy mind you like they've got bikes all over this shop you know like and um oh, i feel bad now because i've forget um their names matt gavin anyway uh, Graham, sorry, not Gav, Graham and the other dude was a legend as well. Anyway, so I'm working away with them, getting the chain drive on, getting things sorted, but I can't set it up too much because it's my only mode of transport. Yeah. So literally I'm, I've got the chain drive on, I've got suspension on, had to leave all the guard and everything on, put some, bar- oh, uh, put some bars on, did all that, still ripping around the streets, right? And then the dude whose name I can't remember, he took me riding up through the hills of um, Laguna, Laguna Drive or something like that. No, anyway, this mountain range. So I went riding with all them on jet bikes and he's like, mate, when we when we lose you, just keep going. We'll pull over somewhere and you'll find us. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no worries. I've never had any dramas with keeping up with people before, even on the Harley, you know. And uh, so I was quietly confident that I was going to hang, you know, like, and then I ended up running on the way down, running up the front and pushing the guys on the on the jack bikes around, you know, but um, we went right up this mountain range and it was awesome. And then, uh, so got all that sorted and then, uh, lost me train of thought there, sorry. So got all that sorted, then come 
back, met with Rossi. Rossi was in town hanging out with um, Rusty Butcher, Mark. So caught up with them. Rossi took me to Biltwell. I got some bars off Biltwell. But, mate, they're another group of people that are legends, you know. They open open arms. So where are they based at? Are they in LA as well? Somewhere yes. around LA, yep. obviously a suburb yep. of LA. Yep, exactly. So then cruising there, walked in and he was like, what do you need? I said, oh, I need a set of bars. He's like, here's bars. You want some grips? Yeah. What else do you need? It, I just had, just felt like the guy just would have gave me anything I needed wow. right then and there. Just be, out of the kindness of his heart, you know, I tried to pay for it. And that cost me a lot of money, that trip, you know, like, so I wasn't exactly flash with cash, you know, so, um, which made it even more, me more grateful. And he's like, mate, just put, put a sticker on your swing arm. I'll be wrapped. I was like, oh, of course, you know, like, absolutely. So, and then, uh, same with Mark, Mark Butcher, Rusty, um, whatever you want to call him. He, um, let me use his workshop. I crashed in one of his rooms one night. Um, mate, that man is hungry and hungry in a good way you know i don't think hunger is a bad thing uh hungry in a good way he's very business orientated he's all over it you know like he's he's smart isn't he dog with a bone mate yep. does 24 7 mm. that's hard to find especially in, in our trade because you can get lost you know like you get especially at his level um you can get lost in the hype and all the bullshit ah oh, you've already made it give up like just stay where you are he's constantly building blocks like he's just someone i look to um that like when i'm like oh i'm pretty knackered you know i'm like that dude does not stop so um but yeah so then got the bike more together the day before two days before the race put it together track set up because um graham lent me his race van so i could put it in the van for a couple of days so get it fully set up for dirt me and rossi went and did a quick little practice Right when they were closing out at um, what one of the flat track places there? Nah, motocross track that had a mini flat track there. Oh, Pala, might have been. Yeah, Pella, yeah, Pala, 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 Pala. Yeah, 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 yeah. So went out there and uh, ripped around, wow. and um, for a few laps, mate, that thing handled like a pig, and I couldn't really too much you know i couldn't push to forks or anymore being a sports to sport bottom out on the bars pretty quick um and i couldn't really get comfortable you know uh beforehand i never really thought bike setup was that important and then but i just could not get comfortable on that bike so then the day before qualifying they actually took us to the track and wanted us to do just a little race around um for the cameras because there was us and the brazilians and because we were coming from so far away, did, X Games did a little piece on all of us. Um, so we got to ride the track beforehand, and um, which would have been good if I could change something, <laughs> but I was stuck with the setup I had, so it didn't really give me any advantage, that's for sure. Um, Rossi and Seco were, Josh, were flying straight off the bat, you know, like I had nothing for them. Um, uh, which was very frustrating. And then, um, uh, so they were ripping straight away. And then next day, got there, did qualifying, got put into our heats. I uh, did terrible qualifying. Um, first race, I think I got fifth. And you needed to get top three to qualify for X Games. And then last race, I got third. And you needed to be first to qualify for X Games in the last one. So I missed out. Uh and I was quite gutted, especially in the beginning. I was very, um, 
felt like I let a lot of people down, you know. Had a lot of support here. Rolly Speed Shop um, gave me a lot, you know. The biggest person I felt like I let down was the wife, obviously, being away from the family, doing all that. Uh, but obviously talking with her and then, yeah, other sponsors, but um, talking with the wife, she was just so proud that I even had the guts to go and do it, you know, and, and Isla watching the race and my mum and all that. And so I quickly sort of give myself a little uppercut and got got over it. But, um, yeah, definitely still, if I was to do it again, I would be a lot more prepared, you know. Um, I feel like I could talk about this subject for ages because there's heaps of little things. Like while I was at the races, uh, Twitch, another person, huge idol, lent me all his tools. I'm like trying to gin around. He, him and uh, I met Tyler Berriman, one of my mates works for Red Bull. Met Tyler Berriman at Red Bull, had lunch with him. They took me through the whole Red Bull facility, which is huge. Wow. Huge, dude. Like that was nothing I ever thought. So is that the one that's got like the athlete center and yes. the whole lot? Yep. Wow. Yep. So there were people there doing recovery and stuff. Um, Tyler was there doing recovery. Um, and then Tyler organized through Twitch because Twitch was hiring out a flat track. So I forgot. I actually went out and rode with Twitch and um, uh, Buddy Subtle and Tyler Berriman and Mark and Rossi and oh, dudes that like, they're up there guys, you know, like, and that was just a huge achievement for me, you know, like just to actually sit around with that caliber of people and realize that they're normal, which mm. even sounds weird when I say it, because when you see them, they're bigger than bigger than Ben Hur, you know, I've watched them. We've all watched them mm. since we were knee high to a grasshopper, like crusty demons. Like it's the thing that set everything off. Um, same thing was Seth Enslow. Seth took me to his house. Me and Seth just hung out. He's just a dude, isn't he? He mate, he, <clears throat> he lent me, um, big Bubba's boots. Really? Yeah. Cause I was going to buy boots. He's like, nah, don't do that. I've got some at home. Just wear these. They're Bubba's. He barely wears them. So this is for the racing? Yeah. Wow. Dude, like, this is what I mean. Like, the community is huge, you know? Like, it's just like a big family, you know? Like, if you're you're giving something a crack and they're like, this dude's, he's having a go, you know? Like, they'll rally behind you for sure. And so, hung out at Seth's place. His place is sick too. Like, hit a table there, a glass table um, with stuff in there, like, weaponry-wise that's normal over there. We never see here, you know, like yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this has got some stuff. How, how like, I've done a bit of time in the States. How, how did you find having guns around? It's different, isn't it, for us? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We don't see them. No. You know what I mean? Like, Which makes it different. Like a, it's a, a Huge. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I was like, oh. You're sort of taken back, aren't you? Yeah. I was like, that's a gun in a table. <laughs> Why is there a gun and knives wow. in a table? Like here you'd be locked up yep. or you think you're some badass gangster or something. You yeah. know? There it's normal. Yep. It's just Joe's got them. Of course Joe's got them. You're allowed to have them. He needs them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course he needs them. <laughs> but um, which is, yeah, super cool. And uh, yeah, so huge thank you to Seth as well, wow. obviously, because he was cool. Mate, Tyler Berriman as well. Like he, that dude is the man. Yep. Wins gold medals. He's the man. And, hey, dude, what's happening? Boom, boom, boom. Like, just talking away. Normal Joe. Um, if you didn't know who he was, you'd have no idea. You know? No idea at all. He's mm. just a kid that likes to ride dirt bikes. That's it. That's all he is, which is super cool. 
but it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the same same goes with Seth, doesn't it? Like yep. with the Harley side of it, oh, like he absolutely throttles the brand. So. Loves it. Yeah, I remember seeing him yep. on a Harley at a Krusty Demon show at Brisbane Entertainment Centre. Uh, jumped off the side of one of the kickers, wow. which I thought was better than a backflip back then, and then uh, did a burnout. Inside the stadium. What a legend. Yeah. For, for me growing up, there, there wasn't, away from the racing world, he was the guy. Yes. Like crusty yep. wise, there was. Dude, he is not. He's like Evil Knievel. Yeah. He's, he's achieved massive things. Yep. But anyone talks about Seth, like, dude, did you see that crash? Yeah. <laughs> because he had yeah. the biggest set of balls mm. of any man on a bike at the, in that era, right? Yep. So. First thing that comes to mind when I think of Seth is when he sent that sand dune in Krusty 1 or 2, mm. the first time he come on, just to the abyss, like just sent it into nothing, yeah. landed, got smashed. I think it was his mate's 252 stroke from memory. First time on a 252 stroke, just sent it, nearly died, and then he was in Krusty. Yep. He's the man. Yeah, and he was like he, that era... I got to we got to meet him last year. With, he came on Gypsy Tales oh, when yep. I was doing my stuff with Jace and blah blah blah. And yep. he, like, yeah, just some of the stories that he has from that era as well. Like, they made shift. I think it was shift riding gear was because of him. Really? Yeah. Well, there's a story. The story was, I think, like at the time, um, it was such a race brand. Blah blah blah. Because freestyle. That sort of they invented freestyle at that yep. time, you know. Oh, and it sounds crazy, but it was free riding. It was just free riding, you yep. know, in the hills yep. and the foothills and whatnot. And yeah, uh, at the time, Fox seen business enterprise with it. Yep. And I think he was the first shift rider for shift wow. riding gear. See, Seth Onslow. Like, yep. And now shifters, you know, in Fox is obviously the top in that sort of brand range, but it's yep. it's there. Absolutely, like, it's so close to it. So yep. yeah, the legacy he's left, oh. especially for our sort of areas, it's incredible. Dude, all those guys, you know, yeah. all of them, the Ronnies, the the Mikes, the all of them dudes, Twitch, Brian Deegan, yep, they have earned to sit on their ass, yep. and just reap the reward. You know, mm. they they created this badass thing that is now nitro circus you know what i mean yeah that's right that's what it's morphed into and yep. uh yeah and berryman was just a real cool dude eh? oh super cool yeah yep. yeah chilled as yeah absolutely because preston my mate preston in the states like i was saying he works for red bull and he was like oh yeah tyler man tyler are tight dude i'll introduce you i was like you know tyler berryman <laughs> what <laughs> and he's like yeah dude i know tyler i'm like oh cool yeah i would love to meet him and to be honest i thought it would be like handshake hey what's happening See you later, dude. I've got things to do. Saved my number. Got on to me to let me know that Twitch had hide that track out. Like a proper dude. Yep. 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 So how were the tracks? Oh, crazy. Like so hard, very hard pack, isn't it? The, at um, Industry Hills where the race was, yep. really hard pack. Very easy to override, which is something that I'd never had before. I hadn't ridden something like that before. What do you mean by override? Well, if you were... If you rode mentally rode slower, you were quicker. Mm. Pardon me. If you were backing the bike in, for me, if I was backing the bike in, I was slower because I was losing too much time in my slide on the way in and had to regather and go again. You sort of had to gentle, 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 get a little bit of a full throttle, back off, like road racing it, basically. Essentially, you're road racing the dirt track. No front brakes, eh? No, no front brakes. What, what is a hooligan bike for people that don't know? Okay, so hooligan bike. Uh, now, 
I could miss out a couple of things here, but uh, 19-inch wheels, first off, that's the main part, right? So 19-inch wheels, no front brakes. Um, the reason why there's no front brakes, uh, you don't need them, right? So backing it in slows you down. So sometimes you don't need brakes at all. There's a lot of people out there that barely use them, um, which I know might sound funny for people, but sliding it in does slow the bike down. And that's the advantage because you get more time on the gas. Um, so it's only only rear brake, dual 19s, and then everything else is a compromise, basically. It's, everyone sort of sets them up a little bit differently. Um, some people go crazy high to get the right brake. Um, I've got adjustable offset triple trees on my bike that are wider as well from Fabtech Creations. So they allowed me to have a, a wider triple tree, which helps with stability, and change my offset, which is literally making your bike longer or shorter. So this is for, for rake? No, offset. Okay. What do you so, mean? So two different things. Yep. Rake changes the angle of your fork. Yep. So you're actually angling them. Mm -hmm. Offset literally makes it longer. Mm. So the rake stays the same. But the off, the, you, you're putting basically a spacer to space your forks. Same rake, straight out or increase, straight in. Increase your wheelbase. Exactly. Yep. Makes sense. Exactly. So um, if you want more stability, you make it longer. Mm. If you want it to slide more, say the track's really grippy and you want it to slide more, you shorten it. If the track's slippery, lengthen it. More stability. Yep. 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 The shorter it is, the more nimble it is. Yep. The longer it is, the more stable it is. Mm. Yep. Long track, long. Yep. Short, slippery, short. Pretty simple. Yeah. We'll break it down. Yeah. And that's pretty much it for the bikes. Pretty much, mate. Everything. Well, everything else comes down to rider after yep. that. Bar setup, seat setup, suspension, gearing, chain drive gearing. Like, uh, for us here not a massive thing because it's not that big here yet but you wait in a few years once it really kicks off and people are taking it past what it is now and start to actually take it serious you'll find people that are changing gear ratios and have four or five sprockets there for each track just in case they want to mix it up yeah and how, how do you get your 19 set up what's what's a common scenario for people to get it like say they get their bike they've got a 21 inch front how, how do you how do you navigate that yep is it a rear wheel in the front yes it that's is that's what it is yes so if it's spoked it's real easy right so all you do is get a 19 inch front yep spoke the outer 19 on the back take your 16 off spoke the 19 on done yep if you want mags it's getting harder and harder to buy 19 inch mags um because everyone wants them setting up a tracker or they want them on their diner or whatever. So if you've got mags, 19 front and back, then you've got to machine spaces to make it all work and it's a lot more ginning around. If you have spokes, you can use your original rear hub. You don't have to do any spacing, no buggerizing around, just lace it on, ride it. Yeah, yeah nice and, and simple. Jelly bean tyres. So um, I've tried a few different tyres. Uh, most people really love the Dunlops. Yep. I never felt comfortable on the Dunlop. I felt like the front gave away a little bit too much. So what do you go to Maxxis? Uh, Maxxis are awesome, dude. Yeah. Maxxis are really good. Um, quite expensive, but do last for the amount of grip you yep. get. And Ma uh, I'm running Shinkos at the moment. Mm. So Rob from um, Overland Tires in Karoi, he's done a heap of that kind of stuff. And he's like, dude, I've got these Shinkos here. And Rossi um, is obviously sponsored by Shinko. And I always thought he was like just hyping it up because... He's backed by them, you know. Of course. <laughs> but Rossi doesn't talk shit, so he'd tell me anyway. But yeah. um, So I tried the Shinkos out. They're brilliant. Love them. Really? Yep. Fair bit cheaper than the Maxxis. 
but they don't last as long as the Maxis, so it kind of weighs out. Mm. Um, and then they, so oil tracks, brilliant. Mm. Maxis and Shinko, um, they're not meant to be as good as um, if the truck tracks fluffy or requiring more of like a dirt bike grip. Um, the Dunlop is meant to be better, but I still feel more comfortable on those tires. Wow. Like Conondale, full grass track. We got there, gr- there wasn't a speck of dirt, all grass, mate, like a paddock. And then by the end of the day, I was coming out of corners and wheel standing. The front wheel was coming off the ground. There was that much grip, you know, and I still feel better on the on the more road style flat track tire. You've um. And we'll get back to the we'll get back to the America stuff, but you've done a bit of the stuff at uh, Conondale now, the grass track, haven't you? Yes, yep. it's good fun, isn't it? Awesome, mate. That Conondale, mate, they're a brilliant club too. Mm. Uh, everyone there is really accommodating. I know how we were saying before about you know people being accommodating with the road racing and all that. The Harleys, mate. When we turned up anywhere for the first time, we were looked at like fucking idiots. Like, why is this dude here on a Harley? On a flat track even, right? Let alone a motocross track or whatever. So the first time we get there, everyone's like, oh, these blokes aren't even going to make it round. And no, oh, has anyone, where's the trailer? And you get all the, the jokes. The right? usual stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and Brisbane actually, Brisbane flat track, they pretty much give us our first go, right? So um, I forget the guy's name there, but legend, super cool dude. Is it Castles? At Nudgy there? Yeah. I'm I can't remember his name. But um, Mitch OG59, he pretty much set all that up for us to get out there. Got out there, got racing. And the commentator out there was a dick. My mum's about four foot nothing and she was going to go up there and flog him. I couldn't hear anything because I'm riding. Mm. But he had all the Harley jokes, you know, and thought he was a legend. We're trying to build something and he's taking the piss, you know. Once pe- And people even watching were like, these dudes are ripping. Like, there's no need for this, you know. Like, these dudes are ripping. So I had a and the guy that ran Nudgy, that's no reflection on him because he was offered as well. Yep. Everyone there was. It was just this one individual, nothing to do with the club or anything like that. It was one individual, and over time that has petered away. Now we turn up and they're like, "Oh, I seen these dudes at Conondale flying around." The thing we get, we draw more crowds on them than someone with actual skill on a dirt bike. Yep, you know what I mean. Like we're. I say to people all the time, you're already you're riding a Harley on the dirt. You're already cool. You don't actually need to be fast. You know what I mean? Like that's just a bonus if you can. Um, but you will draw a crowd because they sound good. They're not meant to be there. They look cool. Everyone looks at a Harley like a fat boy on the road doing 60 in an 80 zone, you know? So for them to see it ripping around a flat track, I actually raced it on the motocross track at Conondale too against the dirt bikes. How was that? Awesome. Really? Awesome. So uh, same thing got there the track was rough they'd um done a really good job watering it um a little bit much you know which is great because at the end of the day the track was mint like they did an awesome job but it was super rough so like the ruts were deep the guys on the dirt bikes were struggling you know like they're like dude you, i don't think you're gonna make it round like this is pretty gnarly and i was like fuck i'm gonna <laughs> look like a dick if i line up and i can't make it round. so uh, first race, I actually come six. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. So on the Harley. So um, I, I I sort of buggered up my settings a little bit with uh, the Legend suspension. I should have, I thought because it was rough, I should have ran them stiffer 
but I shouldn't have. I should have run them a bit softer because I was running them too stiff because I was worried about them bottoming out. They're going to bottom out anyway. You're on a motocross track. It's yep. not, you know, nothing's made for that. So um, it beat me up. My back, I whole shot it too. I whole shot it the second race of the day. I whole shot it. What were you racing against? Uh, CR500s, KX500s, 450s. So it's pre 95 class I went in. Um, so there so were. There's a big selection of bikes. Huge selections. That's yep. cool. Yeah. So the second race, I whole shotted. I think by the time we come over drunks, which is a fair way, like you go up and down the hill a few times, come round, go around that sort of dam section, back around through the S-bends over drunks. I might have been in like third or fourth or something. And then coming down around the flat corner around that big oak with a big tree. And uh, they just watered it. Fine on a dirt bike, terrible on a Harley because it's just too much weight i lost the front just holding it on full lock for felt like 10 k's in about <laughs> two seconds but <laughs> just hold and hold and hold and went down uh chick actually because there was women's in that race as well she ran over me my fault obviously was on top she got off i'm like oh, i was stuck the exhaust is burning my leg i'm stuck under the thing i'm like oh she's like sorry i'm like nah it's my fault but could you please get this bike off me so this chick like lifts the harley off me <laughs> Wow, what an experience. <laughs> Gets me going again. And then uh, I was chasing, getting, trying to get some guys back, obviously. Like, I was trying to be competitive, you know. I didn't want to go there and come last. Everyone would be happy with last, you know, spectator-wise. It's a Harley. It should be last. That's not what I wanted. You know, I'm so competitive. Once I put that helmet You're on... You're driven under. Very, mate, yeah. yeah. Once I put that helmet on, I'm not naturally skilled, right, at anything I do. Um, for me to be average at anything i have to grind my ass off and obsess over it to get better than average you know um so that comes when it, when it, for the harleys that works great because i'm used to having a grind you know like the harleys aren't meant to be ridden this way so you've got to grind to get to it and then so as i was chasing everyone a few guys not everyone a few guys back down i actually ripped the tube and got a flat so that sort of wreck that but i was racing i hadn't raced in years did a little race at day in the dirt which really doesn't count but haven't raced in years probably i don't know six six years maybe longer and um uh, i lined up on the harley it was 20 oh, 18 minute moto or something then a 12 minute break and then i raced the dirt bike as well so i was almost back to back because i was preparing myself for fink so I was trying to just thrash myself and keep consistent so that my last lap on the Harley was not that bad from my first lap, you know, trying to just stay consistent, good speed, same with the dirt bike. You know, I wasn't trying to beat anyone or anything, especially on the dirt bike. I, the dirt bike was all about fitness for me. The Harley, I was trying to push harder on the Harley than what it was the dirt bike because that's what I had to ride. It's just trying to like ride to a heart rate. Just ride a fitness thing. Try and keep that out. Yep. The Harley, I tried to push myself to yep. breakdown point. Mm. The dirt bike was solely endurance. Yep. Yep. Um, just to try and get ready for Fink, you know. I was trying to do everything. And that I was could. the whole reason for you to go to Conondale, wasn't it? Yep. Was for Fink. Yes, absolutely. Yep. How's yep. that? So this year, Fink, obviously, can we talk about it? Yeah. Okay, you had a plan for Fink. Yep, sure did. Um, it, it was a good plan. Yep. And situation, Fink's been cancelled for 2020. Yep. Or postponed um cancelled 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 yeah what a what not a, even postponed what yeah. a shame hey oh and i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that put way more and have way more invested than what what i was um uh so that's what's one thing i always think about i'm like uh oh, you know 
there's probably someone, there's many a people out there that put way more in than what I have. But yep. um, basically my goal for quite a while has been to be the first Harley to finish Fink. And then I uh, did a bit of research. I could never find anything that a Harley had even tried to do it. I've heard rumours that there's been a Harley tried to do prologue before, uh, but that might have been as far as it went, but I couldn't actually find anything. So um, sort of been, I guess, hunting for something for a little while without realising, uh, put my stamp on a little bit, you know, like, and I think, think was going to be it for me to probably let me relax a little bit, um, on that side of things, on the uh, whatever extreme side of things, probably make me relax a little bit more um, and just take a bit of a step back from it all. Um, definitely, I didn't really realise until uh, like the, me and the wife talk about all this kind of stuff, obviously, and uh, we were just talking one day, I was like, shit, maybe I am searching for something, you know, like maybe I'm searching for that one thing that's like, that's the dude that did that. Mm. That's the guy that did this you know like and which i like if someone had asked me i'd be like fuck no like i'm not searching for something you lost your mind but obviously i am you know so that was going to be my thing and i'd spoken about it with rossi when we we're in the states yep so because me and him spent a shitload of time together and had even more beers <laughs> and uh and a ton of m&ms and um uh <laughs> we spoke about it and then he was like, yeah, I want to do Fink too. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, as much as, like, that's the guy I want to do it with, it's also the guy you don't want to do it with because if anyone's going to smoke you, it's him. He's telling today. The dude's a beast as well. Yep. Like, he's a strong man, mm. you know, like, and he will not give up. You could pass him at a rate of knots. And he will pass you back. He will not give up. N- not that I have passed him. Well, actually smoked him at his event. I'll bring that up because he will love that. But um, <laughs> but I've never, like, he's he's the dude. He's the guy. Like, he's the fast guy in Australia, you know? Like, yep. uh, every aspect, whether it's Harley wheelies, uh, flat track racing, riding them on a motocross track, anything to do with Harley, he's the man, you know? So, um, so like I say, great to do it with him because the dude's a legend. We get along like a house on fire. Rarely say a good word about each other. Um, it, it's a true good, mates. Yeah, true, real mates, yep. you know. And uh, uh, if he's up here, I'd do anything for him. When I went down there, um, mate, him and Tish run me around, shouted me lunch like they're legends. And then, um, so we sort of created a bit of a plan. I was working out with uh, Levi at 547 Performance, and he was getting me ready. My fitness was piss fit. Like, I could drink a beer, and that's about it. Like, mm. the, I had zero fitness. I worked my ass off in here, mate. Like, I got no time to run or do a push-up or a sit-up or anything, you know. So, he was starting with a terrible platform. And even in the month, I, I guess, I was with him, noticeable difference. Like, I was building blocks, you know. He was... The training we would do, if I seen someone do it, I'd be like, that's not going to do it. I would... That's not going to do anything. Like, what are they, what is that guy doing? He's lifting a half kilo weight. Smashed me. He's yeah. a real, he does programs for Fink and for downhill mountain biking, mountain biking, triathlons. Like, the dude is a genius, you know? Like, so he, Taylor made a program for me and was getting me ready, you know? So, 
Um, definitely where I was was nowhere near where I was going to be when it, it was go time. But he was slowly building me up to a point of thrashing me and then tailoring it off and getting me ready, you know. Mm. So getting all that ready and then starting to talk about things with the bike. We were um, had a few things we wanted to do, changing like obviously quite a lot. Suspension's a big thing. Uh, I was running legend suspension in the race, which was going to be difficult not because the suspension's bad uh, because the suspension's great but because the suspension is not designed to race fink mm. and when i first spoke to you you didn't want to go because i said how about you go to a motocross fork or yep. something you wanted to keep it true too didn't you absolutely i want yep. to finish on a harley yeah i don't want to get to the finish line and anyone goes yeah but it's a Harley motor and a dirt bike frame. Yeah, it's got it's a dirt bike suspension. KTM Adventure front end. That's right. Something. You don't yeah. want that. No, yep. no, I want to finish. You want to And true. someone's like, fuck, that looks the same as a sports ride right on the road. Mm. Like, what is this? what's wrong with that guy? I want to finish on a Harley, you know? Yep. That's a big thing for me. I don't want to finish with the excuse that I had dirt bike suspension, you know? Like, yeah, which is not the smartest way to go about it. And I don't know why I have that mindset of that. But it's just what I want to do. Mm. And so, so legends. You you spoke. To, did you speak to them about custom stuff or so? How far did you get down that track? Not really. And mate, legend. So Mary at legend that I deal with, she's like the best lady ever. Yep. So she's so nice. Um, she, I had one conversation with her straight away. She looked after me, James Gamble, and Liam Walton, who them boys ride for me with the stunt stuff. Um, and instantly, you know what I mean? Like she'd seen what I've been doing. I'd always paid for my stuff. And, uh, she was like, absolutely. We want to get involved straight away. Like, obviously they're, they're, uh, looked positively on the way that we did things. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. Cool. Ah, oh, gotcha. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, spoke to them and I really didn't want to burden them with trying to, think what I was doing was like they sponsor like C Seabear, like Joey fifty five, like they sponsor the the biggest names in all this shit. I am such a small tiny speck in all that that I didn't want to bother them with trying to get them to build me something custom, you know what I mean? Yep. So I was just gonna finish with what I had, um, and take a few sets with me obviously, because like I say, dirt bike suspension fails. Mm. Dirt bikes fail on this race. So you cannot expect a Harley to make it, let alone Harley suspension that is brilliant on the road, but it's road suspension, to finish Fink. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was going to take a couple of sets with me and uh, hope my back held out. Well, that's it. I guess that's all the training. <laughs> yes. Yeah, help that core stable your back out. Legs, and mate. Like that. Legs, legs, like... Um, uh, I've always had not the strongest legs. Um, so legs were going to be massive because that was going to be three quarters of my suspension, obviously. You going know? through your legs. Exactly. It all starts there. So You got one of those things about you're tall. That would have been great. Like, yes. Uh, uh, you know, still thinks so hard, but being nice and tall and mobile, being able to pull that weight back, that would have been awesome for you. Uh, absolutely. And then seat-wise, like, um, so we'll in the just getting a sort of a proposal together for Saddleman Seats. So Saddleman sponsor me uh, and, well, look after me massively um and then so we're going to talk to them about doing a custom seat which i believe wouldn't have been an issue because they um 
they're a really good company and I see them doing a lot of custom stuff for people, um, which is unreal, you know. It's kind of kind of hard to find in a big company like that too. Um, so talking to them, you need heaps of foam, like lots of foam. Wow. Because, well, that's another part of your suspension and comfort, you know what I mean? Yep. Like what I have now, my tracker is uh, put together by North Coast Custom Trim, which is basically yoga mat. Well, it is yoga mat because it's tiny. I'm on a flat track. You don't need a comfortable seat. You just need grip, you know. So um, it was definitely in the stages of talking to Saddleman about that and getting something happening there. Uh, but we just never got to that point, you know. You were you were a fair way down the rabbit hole of investigating. Think, like, it was happening. It yes. Was no oh, doubt. Yeah, 100%. It was, it was I, on. The ticket was in. Yep. We were ready to rock and roll. Yep. Absolutely. Um, then I was just about to start going and thrashing my bike. My father-in-law's got a property at Imble. 200 acres out there. He was going to uh, build me a whoop section. Mm-hmm. And as long as we possibly could, one corner at the end and then a whoop section back, you know, like, so I was just going to go out there and just beat yourself up. Pound that for as many times as I could until I could last. Yep. And, wow. and the bike lasts. And, and that won't even equivalent to quarter of what Fink's going to throw at me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you only got to look at a photo or a video clip of Fink. Yep. It looks gnarly. Yeah. Imagine what it's actually like. 100%. You watch a video of Ken Roxon sending a big jump, it looks possible. Yeah. You go there and watch Ken Roxon do it, you're like, fuck that, yeah. I'm not doing that. It's like a GoPro. And then you actually do it yourself, that's a whole nother level again. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. totally different. Like GoPro or camera, no, no camera, you go do a hill climb or climb a mountain. Looks like, like a little hill. Nothing looks the same. Nah. So, yeah, so you go out to think it'd be a whole whole different game. And, yes. you know, you have you know, Toby, for instance, like, He's the king of Fink on a motorcycle Absolutely. currently. He's and the you king have of everything he touches that bloke. Pretty much, eh? Yeah. So, and then you have, like, you go past that and you hear other people that race Dakar and that. Yep. And say, Fink looks crazy. Yep. Like, yeah. It, 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 it's just stupid. another level. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, um, it's one of the hardest desert races yep. in the world. That's right. You know, and fortunate for us, it's at our back door. Mm. Um, but that puts it in perspective. It's one of the hardest desert races in the world, and you're going to do it on a Harley? Yeah. It's, you're nuts, mate. That's why I want to do it. Yeah. Because it's not meant to happen. No. Everything we've done, like I said, um, Butch and Rossi send the diners. The first time I ever rode a Harley on the dirt was my diner at um, Dust Hustle. Now, that's another person that needs huge, huge credit. Dust Hustle. Mm. Dust Hustle kicked all this off. They created a platform where you could ride something that's not meant to be ridden. doesn't matter what contraption it is, whether it's a Harley with road tires, whether it's a, something you built in your shed, doesn't matter. Get out there, ride it, have fun, have a beer, have a laugh, that's it. There's no racing per se until you get out there and there's four or five, it's definitely racing, you know, use it. No one wants to lose to each other, but it's not a race. So you can pull up at any time talk shit, high five, halfway through riding around or have a few laps with a dude on a contraption that you're just frothing on, you know. There's a guy there that makes these awesome contraptions spud. Like Mm. there's nothing more I want to do than cruise around behind that guy cruising because it just looks sick, you know. Like, So, yeah, dust hustle for sure. Uh, Mate, anyone that's doing or thinking about doing flat track on a Harley in Australia owes them a beer for sure. 100%. 100%. And they've created a, they've created their own culture. Yeah, you know, There's like a dust hustle culture of 
you know, it's the same people every time. Yep. Obviously new people every time too, yep. but the same people want to keep coming back because it's yep. a fun event. And is that how you got into, not the group, but into flat track? Was that your first time on a flat track? So the first time was actually Rossi's event. But oh, so that I, was before you'd even been to a dust hustle? Well, I did a dust hustle on the diner at the first one that I knew of. I think it was like the third dust hustle or something. Yeah. Was at like a vintage motocross track. They only did one there. That's right. And they wouldn't let, wouldn't, I don't think they'd let them back. Um, but that track was mint, perfect mm. for the Harleys. And um, that was the first one. So, because I'd seen footage of Rossi ripping on his diner with a motocross tyre on the front and an adventure tyre on the back. Mm. I went straight out. Got a rear motocross tire for the front and an adventure tire for the back, you know. Like, and I was like, dude, this is gonna be so fun. I ended up, uh, me and Rossi tossed it up a bit, you know, like when we we're out there. And um, when I watched videos of him, I was like, that dude's just gonna smoke everyone, like him, Jan, um, Luke Fiasco. I'd seen that video of Luke Fiasco ripping on that that Jap cruiser at um, Miss Laird's compound, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. That, that video that went viral of him, like, hitting that berm. He can ride, eh? Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah. And he's a funny guy. Uh, he's a laugh. And um, I was like, I'm just going to be like this dude flailing at the back, watching these guys rip around frothing, you know? Yep. And got there, and same thing with the flat track. I just sort of um, picked it up, you know? Like, I just sort of seemed to be pretty good at it and yep. i was actually ripping around with rossi a bit you know and i was like Fuck, i could this is sick like i can't believe how yep. much fun i'm having and i can't believe i can do this like i didn't think that because i raced motocross but i wasn't good at motocross you know what i mean like yeah. i can ride a dirt bike i can ride a dirt bike well but i'm not good at motocross when it comes to saying someone's good nowhere and near you know oh, so i was gonna ask you that so you did do motocross for a bit yeah i raced for two years yeah, right. Yep. Age, like uh, junior or just... No, out? no, no. So I was old balls. So um, uh, 2013, 2012, 2013, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, so what's that? I was 23, 24? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so that's where I first met Jimmy Gamble. So oh, me and Jimmy it? raced B-grade together and I smoked him. Yeah, nice. No, I beat him by like a couple of points. He went to um, <laughs> he went to schoolies and didn't race, and I was <laughs> able to sneak the championship off him. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a good foundation, isn't it? Yes, for for riding anything like ride S- road or whatever, especially cool. Yeah, C- cool mate. If you can ride fast at cool, see, I really struggled with sand. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to get used to sand. Yep, I could ride hard pack, I believe, pretty comfortably. You know, pretty easily. Sand was a whole nother beast for me. I'd never ridden sand. Mm. So the first year there, um, oh, it would have been two and a half years because the first, I just raced a little bit in C grade, then they put me to B. Yep. And then the first year of really racing, I uh, won the B grade championship and got third in Shell, cl- Clubman Shell. Went to intermediate in A grade the next year. Had a, a broke my back at the start of the, the year before 13. So... Went out to Ben Shadell's for a training camp, first training camp I ever did, and stupidly, my own fault, tried to jump two table stops instead of one, then the other. Second lap of the track, mm. barely even looked at. I was invincible. You know when you're riding and you're like, you can't do anything. I was yep. just like the best I ever felt on a bike ever. Wow. I was ripping. I was ready for intermediate. You know, I was. That was the best I'd ever ridden. I was as that was my peak. You know, like I was doing really well. That's why I jumped this thing because I couldn't 
you couldn't hurt me. Mm. I could do whatever I wanted in, within my skill set. And uh, so I come up short, busted three ribs and T9. So the start of that year was a bit of a struggle because they told me not to sit on anything that vibrated for six months. So I couldn't even sit on a Harley with it idling for six months. Six weeks later, I raced Toowoomba. Wow. You're a tough man. <laughs> I, I don't... Well, when I did it, so I was really badly winded, right? Yep. And I'm like, I'm being a pussy. Like, you know when you're winded, you're like, it's going to come good. Yep. It's going to come good any minute. It's just time. It's just time. Yep. But then I was like, this isn't going away. I'm still winded. So and what actually happened? You- so he's got like these two tabletops. Yep. The first one's really lipped up so you can jump both. Right? And the dude's out there, he's got a couple of young fellas there and they, they're just stupidly fast and so they're just sending it flat out while we're all gearing up you know i'm like i can do that and i could have but i fucked up so when i was coming up to first lap sort of cruised around jumped a few things mainly just sort of working it out second lap come around i was like coming up to the up ramp perfectly fully wedged and i was like oh i'll just button off a little bit and land on top of the second tabletop next Mm -hmm. lap i'll send it that was my mistake. I landed into the up ramp of the second tabletop and then went over the, from the compression, went over the front of the bike and land, landed on my back. But the actual, I believe it was the impact because there was so much impact of that landing that I uh, fractured three ribs and did my T9. I, it was basically my T9 looked like popcorn in an x-ray. But then I was winded for ages, come good. I was in quite a lot of pain, but I just didn't want to be a pussy, you know, like, and so I'm there, I'm like, oh, don't be a bitch, keep going, like, and so I'm doing timing, we're doing timing then, so I'm timing people, timing people, got the shits, geared back up, went back out, got my time, did two 20-minute motos, so finished the motos, I was in a lot of pain, you know, trying to be a tough guy, I'm all right, like, don't be a pussy, I've probably just, you know, I've just sprained a muscle in my back or something. That night, went to an engagement party, didn't really sleep, went back the next day, hopped on the bike, first ride through the whoops, had tears coming out of my eyes. And I was like, they had a one big tabletop there. Even in the first day, I would jump. That would be the only time that I felt like I could breathe the whole lap. I would be like, oh, it was the only time I got a bit of a break to let a breath out, you know? Wow. And then um, went to the hospital or the doctor, whatever, they're like, don't move. You've, you've broken your back, like... <laughs> you're an idiot like i was like fuck and then so yeah fracture three ribs t9 didn't look real good and then um they said all right so f- they wanted to put me in like a full brace yep. setup and um so i took that with me but i never wore it which i don't condone um and <laughs> then a uh, little bit of time off work and then started swimming so i started swimming the best thing about swimming is it's like a compression sock one, you're not weighted, obviously, but it's also like a bit of a compression sock, you know, is what I figure. Just the, the actual, the sort of the force of the water. Probably you know? like wearing that brace it, in, a, in, a, in a sock. Well, it's like wearing a, a compression, compression sock. Suit, yeah. On, yeah, exactly. Mm. So I started just moving around in the pool and then swimming, then surfing, well, paddling, then surfing, then riding 150s. Then six weeks later, I raced the first round of Shell at Toowoomba. Yeah, so I just sort of... In my eyes, I took it slow. In the doctor's eyes, every time I went back, I'd be like, oh, I've started doing this. They're like, you should not be doing that, but you're healing. So keep doing what you're doing, I guess. 
And then I kept getting checkups and every time I was still healing, healing, healing. And the doctor just pretty much said to me in the end, like, I can't tell you what to do, obviously. So you're healing. Just don't hurt yourself. Yep. And yeah. And I really shouldn't have raced Toowoomba because I didn't get any point. I think I got one point because I had no fitness and I was a bit sketch on the bike. Is this Echo Valley? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. Sick track. Mm. That's a great track. Um, yeah. So I probably should have just let that one fly. And just get into the next round, but it's history. Pig headed. You got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Any but, any issues with it after? Like yeah. So uh, now, if I run down, say Mount Coulomb, uh, feels like I got like a chicken bone pressing into my lung. Oh really? Yeah. So um, only when I come down the mountain, up the mountains, no worries. Only on the way down, it's all that jolting. Uh, it starts to yeah get a bit sore. Yeah. And few movement issues. Uh, but yeah. yeah. So it was it that 2012? Yeah, I believe eight. 20, start of 2013. Yeah, seven, eight years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And um, do you, st- like you said, you're doing dirt bike stuff then. Do you still have a dirt bike now? Yeah, I actually just uh, inherited the wife's because she's heavily pregnant, so she can't ride. Yeah. So I got the wife's dirt bike. So, because, mate, Jamie raced Echo Valley with me that week. J- J- oh, really? Yeah. So Jamie's ridden dirt bikes since she was four. Her old man is a gun on a dirt bike. Like he was ex-Queensland champ for enduro. Yeah, right. Um, was in the Australian, got in the Australian. This is going back a long time. Sponsored by Honda. Um, so he rips on a dirt bike. He's, he's real old school style. Doesn't really stand up, <laughs> but rips. Just beats himself up. No, well, ride an XR, you could. Yeah. Perfect style for the XR, you know. Like he's literally faster on an XR400 than a CRF450. Wow. Like the dude, and he rips, mate. Still, yeah, very, very fast man. So what do you, what, what did Jamie ride? What was what, she what was have riding you got now? KXF two hundred and fifty, yep. 0.9 model back then, and um, I think she got fourth or fifth or something that weekend from from memory. Yeah, I could be wrong there, um, but mate, she beat most of my mates. We'd go out riding at Kenilworth, right? We were all weekend warriors. Go yep. out there. None of us were racing, and years a couple of years before this, we'd go out there. Jamie would clean them up on a CRF two hundred and thirty. Wow. She raced Connordale on a CRF 230. I still reckon she was faster on the CRF 230 than the 250. Yeah. Because they're such a good bike to steer. Yeah. Um, and she think she got third for the series at Connordale, that, that tri-series they had, the club championship series, whatever they called it. Yeah. Yeah, she got third on a CRF 230. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So she rips. And um, mountain bikes, dirt bikes, wakeboard, she just she's very sporty. She can throw... Rock further than me, you know. Yep. When we were traveling, we spent like two hours throwing rocks. I didn't throw a single one further than her. Yeah, right. She, she's very sporty. You know? And you're competitive, so that'd probably. I threw my arm out. My, yeah. my shoulder was sore for a week. <laughs> yeah, that'd probably piss you <laughs> off a bit. I was putting everything into it, mate. Don't you worry. That's Beats nuts. me at tennis. Dude, we played tennis in Fiji once. We were on yeah. a holiday. This is when we were very first sort yep. of dating. I never played tennis. Oh, actually, I did play a little bit of tennis growing up, but not really. And. Um, she smoked me. We played in the stinking hot sun for like two, three hours. There was a dude, there was a um, caretaker dude down there. And he was like, what are you doing? We played till I won a point. Damn. It took like three hours for me to win a point. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she let me win it. Yeah, just just to get out of the sun? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm, yep. I'm done. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's, she's one of those people that is naturally good at stuff, you know, like... Um, Riding dirt bikes, like she did Kenilworth Chook Chase. That's actually quite a hard yeah. loop. 
and she hadn't ridden like this is after we got back from traveling we she had isla um we had had isla but obviously she did all the work um (laughs) so she'd had isla and did the chook chase yep like they were there was all these people stuck on a hill and her and her sister just cruised up it damn she can ride a bike yeah yeah absolutely so that's that helps with your support for both like both ways you both love these sports slash motorcycles and that's obviously you've got a shop you've Yep. Your life pretty much is motorcycles. Yes, absolutely. Yep. You know, yep. so your dreams of travel involve going for a ride around somewhere or whatever. So, yeah. Um, what about uh, your Canada time? Did you get to ride any any bikes over there? So we did downhill. Oh, mountain bikes. Yeah, yeah. Right. No actual bikes. So um, I wasn't that heavily involved with bikes before we left. Just riding motocross. Yeah, I'm right. pretty into the motocross, but but that was it. You yep. know, I had a old soft tail, but obviously no idea about Harley wheelies or flat track or anything back then. Yep. And so we traveled for 20 months. So mm. we got married, we had a house deposit put together and had the house ready to go. And I just went, fuck, we're locked in. Once we buy this house, it's kids 50. Yep. And that's the reality, you know? So we're like, fuck, let's, our, two of our mates, Brody and Chloe, went over to Canada and we followed them literally, you know what I mean? Like, um, I know that sounds, you know, following or copying or whatever, but we literally did. Yep. Like we seen what they were doing and that started the conversation for us. And we're like, fuck this, let's go do that. So we bought a one-way ticket to Canada, shot out there, did a snow season then at, at Whistler yep. and never snowboarded in my life. Uh, that's a lie. I snowboarded like one or two days years before with Jamie and her family. Then... Did, yeah, did a snow season, travelled all through like lower Central America, so from like uh, Mexico down to the southern border, then followed the west coast all the way back to Canada surfing. We love surfing, I've surfed for ages. And so we surfed the whole way back like three times a day, bought a little Mr T van and just cruised. Got back to Whistler and it was summer and everyone was doing downhill. And I was like, yeah, I'm keen to try downhill. Like, that sounds awesome. I don't really know if I can do it, but hey, I'll do it. Then, so, uh, bought a $1,000 bike and bought the missus an $800 bike. And so, the shittest bikes on the mountain started riding downhill. Loved it. That race is called uh, Fat Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Started racing them and I was good at it. Um, so, had guys that had been racing their whole life that at, at first were like, oh, we don't really want to ride with this dude he's just sort of got a mountain bike he's going to be doing the green run it's going to take four hours to get down the hill i'd see him on the hill and pass him and they were like stoked for me you know vince vince i'll never forget vince he's the biggest legend and started riding he'd ridden his whole life and he was just frothing that he could ride with someone push push his limits help me push my limits and just have a great time you know because he'd done it for so long i think he'd at that time he'd sort of not gone stale but just pretty cruisy and then uh and then he was like fuck yeah this dude he's keen like because i was keen as a bean it was all new to me so he started and he was a photographer as well so we started doing a few photos with it all and racing i can't remember if i broke in i'm pretty sure i broke into i definitely broke into the top 30 but i'm pretty sure one race i broke into the top 20 we're talking the most competitive downhill mountain scene in the world. Yeah. Right? So Fat Wednesdays sound like just a local little thing. There's like all the dudes sponsored by Red Bull there and like some serious 
dudes, you know. Yep. So um, we did all that. Jamie raced as well. Jamie much I think that jump was like 50 or 50 feet she jumped on a mountain bike. No way. Dude, like most of the time I'd always like be pushing Jamie and like pushing her. You get a little bit worried sometimes. But most of the time I'm like, go, go, more aggression, more aggression, you know, like because yep. she's just super smooth and super clinical. And um, – I was like saying, yep, you can do this jump. This is what you got to do, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like sweating, like this is a big jump. Yep. Shit. She's coming down and you couldn't touch your brakes. You had to hit this corner, hit this steep hill, don't touch your brakes. And it was just a, it was a fair way, but it was like a real floaty jump as well. So you just like felt like you're in there forever. Mm. And so I was freaking out. She come down, hit it first run, cleared it. No worries. Hit it every lap. And so that's a big that, jump. Yeah, that's a huge jump, dude. Yeah. That's massive. It is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I was super proud. Jeez, you must have had a good time over there, Gr- mate. If and uh, great, like the beauty of Whistler, there's no pressure on society, mm. right? So you don't need a car, you don't need new clothes. No one has any money. We're on ten bucks an hour. No one has any money. All you need money for is beer and rent. That's, that's it. it. Pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah, makes life so easy. There's and that's one thing I tried to bring back with me, but you kind of lose that pretty quick. You kind of get back into the swing of things. Um, but tried to come back and not care so much about the superficial side of things. Mm. Bling on a bike or, you know, a nice T-shirt or... means fuck all, realistically. Yep. Who cares? You know what I mean? And that's one thing that me and all of my mates in our little group, as I do bunny ears group, yep. fuck, that we all do is you can turn up on a 01 sporty that's clapped out rusty shit paint you don't even have to do a wheelie or whatever but you could just sit there having a great time go for a rip and contribute implement yourself in it we're stoked yep it doesn't matter yep you know what i mean you could have a bike that's worth 100 grand or that sporty you're exactly the same person yep you know there's no like oh he's a legend because he's got a 100 grand bike I'm more like that dude's a legend because he's ripping on a three thousand dollars sports star yep. and sending it. Yeah, so it's sort of sort of like your thing about um, oh, like it's not supposed to be there. Yes, isn't absolutely. It? If you've got someone that's ripping on this thing that's got you know blown to pieces, yep, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. So. Yeah, yep. And that's definitely one thing that uh, brought back with me, and I really try to push is. Um, Looks ain't nothing, you know, yep. like uh, equipment, all that shit. Like um, it helps to have some equipment when you're doing certain things, obviously. It makes it easier. Yep. It's not a necessity. Mm. And just because you don't have that equipment doesn't mean you're a loser, you know. Like it's all the same. Yep. You're all the same person. You're having fun, happy days. Yeah, so where were we? We had, uh, we just had to had to sell some helmets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, It's a busy little place this, mate. Saturday mornings at a bike shop. Yeah. That's what it should be, eh? Ab- absolutely. Last week was nuts. I think we had like fifth or allegedly 15 of us here going to run amok, you know, yep. with all the shit going on. You can't even get five people together. No, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. It, it really, really is hard. So yeah. um, you're going for a ride today, aren't you? Yeah, straight after this, I'm uh, Liam Walton. Yep. Me and him are going for a rip. Yep. Go practicing with us. I'm slowly getting, mate, hand drags. Hand drags are killing me. So such a hard trick to do for me like some some like i was saying some people just naturally i'm a grinder i've got to grind at everything i do so i've been trying hand drags properly for a little while now 
um, I, I can do tip drags. I can do fingertip drags, yep. but I can't hand drag, you know, like I get starting to get like the my base knuckles down, but I want my hand flat. I want my mm. hand flat grinding along the road, you know, like I don't want to just be nicking at it. Yep. I'm getting there, but um, it's just something I've got to grind at. What is it you think, Liz? Is it just, just that that balance when you're at that point just just offsetting something or what do you think i um i've got to be really comfortable with stuff yep i've got to i too much to lose to just go out and send it you know what i mean um i think it's funny mate just not that long ago i was ripping along and uh little isla my little daughter's face just sort of flashed by me you know Mm. i've never had that no once ever Mm. nothing is when i'm doing something nothing no nothing has come fear flashing in front of me telling me to slow down you know ever and i always hear people talk about it and i'm sort of like how does that happen how does that actually become a thing like does it sneak in or how does it work yeah like do you implement it yourself Mm. you know what i mean is it a mindset that you implement yourself no it isn't it literally just comes like a fucking brick falling out of the sky and is like bam don't be a dickhead you got a kid so how did it, like, just one day, just all of a sudden? Absolutely. Ripping along, um, going way too fast, and no shit. And I know that sounds, Isla's little face just straight through the forefront of my mind, you know, just a cute little face just straight past. That was it. Wow. Just went from full noise to I was racing myself. Like, we're in a really big group ride. This is way before any of this stuff happened, out to Krakow. And um, uh, Held South put together an epic ride all the way out to Krakow. Had the uh, Fred Brophy boxing tents out there. Oh, yeah. It was sick. Yep. So good. And anyway, ripping along, middle of nowhere, all alone for no reason. Yeah. Just enjoying myself, you know, having a fat time. Mm-hmm. That slowed me down. That and it's obviously been happening for a little while without me really realising. But that one could have potentially saved my life. You know, there's, I, I, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. Yeah. I'm not um, I'm not a weirdo. I don't like wear the same jocks every day or anything like that. But I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. So uh, I was like, shit, i got to slow down. I just buttoned off instantly. I literally buttoned off probably another three, 400 metres, pulled over, got my phone out and just videoed everyone coming by and then just chilled it back. That shit happens for a reason. For sure. Yeah. Something's coming. Absolutely. Yep. 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 It c- could have potentially saved a lot of heartache, you know? So. Definitely. Yep. Uh, culture. We touched on culture with Dust Hustle mm-hmm. events, Rossi's event. Yep. Where, where, where's Harley culture in Australia now? It sort of seems like, uh, you know, the wheelies, flat track. Mm-hmm. It's in a it's in a a good place, but growing stronger in that sort of sense, isn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like so, this year's going to be a setback because there's probably a few events planned. May may happen at the end of the year. This year's going to be shit for sure. Yeah, but the momentum that will come either out of this or the end of last year, it was looking really good for 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 the brand Harley and obviously flat trackers in general. We, we and had stunts races and, lined yeah. up. We had yeah. races lined up. We had stunt shows lined up. So we did a stunt show. February, I think it was, at um, Dame the Trucks, just at Forest Glen here. Yep. Done that. Awesome. You know what I mean? Like, um, great response. Heaps of people there, never seen it. 
I had multiple people come up to me and go, you could take this worldwide. They'd never seen it. Wow. I have no idea it's a thing. When they said it, I'm like, oh, we can't. Like, the States is, what we're doing is like 1% of what they're doing, yeah. you know? They've been doing this shit for a long time. They've got their shows dialed. They've got their tricks dialed. They're riding, to be, actually, to be honest, Sam Taylor, Robert Mudgy Mudgy, uh, Rip. So I consider, and there's definitely other, and Rossi, but um, those dudes, Sam Taylor right now, and Mudgy, like they're some of, I believe, the best riders in the world. They're in the conversation for sure for me. Yep. I'm a bit biased. Aussie boys, love that. Mm. But um, they are pushing, Sammy's just about got double hand drags. To me, he's got them. To yep. him, he's like, I can't get a photo with both my hands down, so I don't have them. He's a real humble dude, real humble. How how does it how does it like? To me, I I don't know how how does that work? Like when your hands off the throttle, is there any like um, I don't is there know a choke on or is there? A, like uh, well, you pass balance, so you're coasting essentially and just using your brake to keep you there. Brake and the momentum of yep inertia. Yep, exactly. And wow, I don't actually know. It defeats yeah. reason. I can see the photos and I'm just like, mate, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's great. Dude, I, the other day I was trying to take my throttle hand off. Yeah. Riding along. Um, yeah. Real good road. Um, closed off. Like smooth surface. Smooth. Yep. Yep. Uh, closed off. Good road to be doing oh, yeah. Someone's private driveway. Exactly. Yep. 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 Private concrete area. And I'm literally looking at my throttle hand. Two hands on the bars. Looking at my throttle hand going, release, release, mm. release. Let go, you bastard. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even pulse it. I couldn't even just like open and close my hand. Yeah. Could not get it to... And then he's trying to put them both on the ground. Mudgy the other day, went for a ride and he was doing like slow coasting throttle hand drags. Almost to a stop. Yeah. Get it all back together and ride out. How do you do that? It's impossible. Well, I thought so. But it's not. No. I, you know, like it's, yeah. Dude, Talented. Oh, absolutely. Joey 55. If anyone's never seen Harley wheelies, yep. search Joey 55 and search Reckless 203. That dude is nuts. And yep. what, do they do anything to their bikes different to... They've got their set up, because they've been doing it a long time, I believe they've got their set up yep. dialed, but there's no magic recipe. Yep. Yes, their setups are dialed. They know what works. They know what doesn't work. They've been doing it so long. Mm. We're like, we're like the kindergarten at the high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've been doing it that much longer. We're in grade one. They're in grade twelve. You know, they're the big dogs. We're on a big curve, though, aren't we? Yes, we're like growing quick. Accelerating really fast. Yeah. It's yep. the largest. I believe it's the largest growing fad in Harley Davidson right now. I believe Harley Davidson Australia, and I mean this with the utmost respect. No one loves the brand more than I do. Yeah. Uh, needs to take a stick out of their ass and get on board, you know, mm -hmm. um, because this is going to, and like I say, I mean that in the utmost respect, like um, I don't mean that as a, a derogatory comment. Um, Indian do it really well. Okay. Indian market. What, globally? Well, in Australia. Okay, yeah. You see videos of Indians doing wheelies on their marketing. Right. In a mountain road, in a mountain range. Why can't I hardly do that on there? social media platform yeah okay you know what i mean like yes doing the wheelie power wheelie out of corner is technically illegal but they're using it as their marketing 
they've got no issues. Hire a space. Come to a stunt show. Another thing, utilise utilize our own country's content. Mm. We have a lot of really... Mudgy, we've spoken about this earlier. Mudgy is the perfect platform to have represent your brand. Well presented, well spoken, very polite, knows, n- knows his shit, you know, like n- loves the brand, talk to anyone, n- definitely like super humble. The guy rips, you spoke to him outside of that, you'd have no idea. Hmm. Right? Just like how we we're talking about Ty Berriman before. Yep. So people like him should be implemented in Harley's brand to push it into these younger generations, right? If you sell a bike to the son, he buys it, he sells it to his son, so on and so forth. It keeps the brand young, right? The old dudes that are buying the fat boys and all that, legends. It's been going on forever. They're the backbone of it all, for sure. You need to be, I believe, a little bit more adverse and start pushing this kind of stuff or letting know people you can do this. How do so many people that love Harleys have no idea that you can do a wheelie on them? For us, it's normal. Mm. So I think I think Harley, like Indian do it awesome. You know what I mean? They, they've got guys out on the flat track and they're getting photos of them on the flat track like um, Trent Woken and Matty Mack and all them dudes ripping around the flat track on the Indian. That's all over their social media. Mm. We're out there ripping around on the Harleys. Where's that? Indian sponsored... Um, Sultans a slide. We went went down and raced Sultans a slide. Yeah, we got Tommy. Uh, his Instagram's Tommy Gunn. I don't actually know what his last name is. Yeah, Tom uh, Bremich. Is it right? There mm. you go. The kid rips right. Mm. Giving him an Indian to ride. Where's the Harley to ride? You know what I mean? Mm. There's so, um, and I'm sure they're probably doing a lot more than I see. Obviously. Yep. Like I'm a small speck on a huge board. I'm a grain of sand in the in a, on a beach, you know. But um, I. Th- think from where i see it it would be cool to see them support like support that a little bit more you know what i mean um because i think that's the backbone that's the largest growing fad right now i literally every show i have someone come up to us and say i've ridden a jet bike my whole life i've always thought harley's a piece of shit now i want one Mm. that dude's now and even a chick a chick said it to me at power on petrie she come up, she's ridden jet bikes her whole life, thought that Harleys were a slow slug of a thing that no one could ride quick. Yep. We did a stunt show. She was like, oh, I actually would buy a Harley now. Whether she goes out and buy one or not, don't know. But that just changed one person that spoke to me's mind. Mm. Imagine how many people in that surrounding group and that she tells that now go to buy a Harley from a stunt show. But where's the Harley pushing that, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely understand it as as the bre- the big overall. Might be a, yeah, yeah. And might Harley's got to be careful because all their content has to be legal and right and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And I get that. And I'm not telling them to share a clip of someone wheeling through traffic. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a stunt show or it's yeah. a flat track race. A private property or something. Well, Harley is a, as a international brand. Their flat track is... Huge. It, it was it's it's a foundation. They're in X Games. It's their foundation. It's huge. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'd love I'd love to see that. The Indian side of it, you know, I I actually still don't see many of them on the road. Yeah, there's a lot of I, I see a lot of clips of the bikes doing things and this and that, but I actually still yet to see them selling many. 
I, I don't know, but yeah, um, I'm not sure. I'm I, not I, sure on on that side, it, but yeah, as I love to see, you know, fa- factory support for for racing. Yeah, get them racing like yeah. like you did to come out to the track and the drag days and. I know with uh, uh, the Roaring Sporties thing. Have you seen yeah, that yeah, coming? Yeah, Roaring Sporties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, uh, things like that. If, if you know, and I remember way back in the in the nineties, they did have a Harley Factory race team. Yep, absolutely. And it was it was heavily supported. Um, I don't think there's the money there anymore either. Yeah, the times change. Like it's, and especially now, I think it's a really tough time trying to sell bikes. It's an sure. incredible time, but. Yep. Um, we can only hope one day that 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 would be the thing, you know, yep. a, ro- a road race or a stunt team or Dude, I, something like that. When we did that race, yep, I sold two exhaust systems from riding out on that road, the road bike race. Well, well when we went out to Morgan Park, Morgan Park, yeah, really, two Fab Twenty Eights from it. How, how'd that happen? They messaged me and asked what I was running and what someone that was at, at yeah, because they had a Harley at home. Wow. Yeah, and I sold some Flow products as well. Yeah, it's it, pretty like, cool, isn't it? Dude, from you've got to be seen. From, oh, there could, and this is what I yep. say: you're already on a Harley, you're already cool. There's a dude there setting lap times that are wild. Mm. But he's on a jet bike that should do it. Yeah, that's right. Way more talented than me. Way more. Yep. You put him on a Harley, he'll probably ride around me, lap me every two laps. But it looks all, almost irrelevant when he gets out there on his X10 and goes fast. It's meant to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what the guy's way more talented, way more going on, way more time invested. But it's common. Mm. The Harley out there isn't, so it draws attention, right? So, and that's why, that's why I do all this stuff. Gasoline Alley, perfect example. They're at Dust Hustles. Yeah. They're at Drag Racing. Yeah. They're at Morgan Park. They're at Phillip Island. Ferg races a friggin' road king. Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> the t- dude's a legend. Yeah. Like, who the fuck does that? Yeah, it's sort of creating a like like we said about dust hustle. It's creating a culture again, yes. another yep. sort of split of it. Yep. Um, He's yeah. not doing it to sell bikes. No. He is a motorcycle tragic. Hundred percent. He will tell you straight up. Like us. We're all the same. That's it. Yeah. That's why it's so good. Mm. That's why it creates traction. Yep. That's why it sells bikes. It's real. It's not. It, you're not coming from a place where, blah blah blah. I'm just doing it because it looks cool. I mean, Dude, you're doing it because you bloody not, love this. Stuff. He's not measuring anything. Nah. He is. Riding because he wants to. Yeah. You can't beat that. Yeah. It's like you own a shop. Yep. Why do you own a bike shop? Because I bloody love motorbikes. Dude, swinging spinners is not a good um, a business decision. Yep. Mechanics do not get paid enough for what they do, right? Mm-hmm. We're risking people's lives every day. Yep. And then you get people coming in haggling on their life. You're mechanical doctors. Yeah. Basically, that's what it is. Well, you think about it. Car's got four wheels. Mm-hmm. If a wheels falls off, you like really bad scenario, you die. But it's unlikely. Yep. Normally, you're just going to get injured. Wheels falls off the Harley, it's more likely you're going to die than just get injured. Yep. You know what I mean? So, and then you get people coming in to haggle on labour or or whatever when you're got their life in your hand. That makes no sense. It makes zero sense, mate. Yep. Go to Macca's and have a haggle over a cheeseburger. Yeah. Don't come and haggle on your life. That's madness. Yeah, you said it perfect. Yeah. Talking about your shop, four and a half years? Yeah, four and a half years, yeah. How yep. is it? Awesome. You love it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, live Do, and breathe it. Does business give you the same sort of feel as bikes? 
like yeah. like in, in, that, in that addiction in that yes, like for sure. driven driven sort of thing. Yeah, I'm hungry, right? Yeah. And as I said before, I don't say hunger is a bad way. Yeah, hunger is a good thing, mate. If all I, a term I use a lot is all of I wanted was a pair of pluggers and a tolly, I'd be on the dole. Mm. It's not what I want, right? Um, my family growing up, my mum and dad lived out of rag bags, right? I had no idea. I had a brand new, brand new Burning Spears T-shirt on, right? No idea, yeah. right? Um, we didn't have much, but us kids were always looked after. We had the Ford with every door was a different colour. And so I owe a lot to my parents and get a lot of drive out of them, both of my parents. Um, and so I think I... I was getting pretty, pretty deep with it, but I think I feel... I've got to give a lot back for that. They started with nothing and created a platform for me to strive. If I waste that, I disrespect them. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think a lot of it stems from that. On top of that, I have a wife that is a beast, mate. I say to people all the time, I must have done something good in a previous life. Mm. She deserves more than I can give her. So, and then there's a kid and it just keeps stacking on. That's what makes me hungry. That's what gets my ass out of bed. I love my job, but without that drive, I would not be where I am. Without them driving me. And, mate, they would be happy if I sat on my ass with a toilet and a pair of pluggers. That's the beauty. Yep. That's the unsung, beautiful part of my family is they don't really care. I put it on myself to give it back, you know, like, um, which is even better. Then with all that and my well, the way I obsess on things, it, when I put myself into anything, I like go 110%, which does drive the missus crazy. Um so I can't just be willy-nilly. I can't just go out and do it once every now and then and be shit at it. I don't do that. I don't no. do shit, you know. I'm not great at anything, but I'm good at the stuff that I do. Not great, but good, you know. Um, and then so with business, I find myself definitely obsessing over it. I talk to some of my mates and I can see them just like, dude, I don't want to talk about this shit. <laughs> Like, why are you talking about me money and investments and like, I just want to go surf or I just want to go ride my bike and I have to like pull myself up or I went through a real bad patch there where I'd be talking to someone and wasn't listening because I was already thinking about something at work or thinking about something to do or to better myself or whatever. My mate would be talking to me and I'd be... I would already finish that conversation in my head and be moved on and thinking about something else. That's pretty bad. <laughs> so yeah. So I had to work on that. I recognised it and I, and I still do it, but not as bad. Um, and same with customers. Dude, I got, I'm trying to swing spanners, answer 120 calls a day. Mate, people send me Instagram messages on Sunday, Saturday, all, it runs 24-7. And it'd be sweet if it was just one person. And the, all the people are sending me are cool as, and I don't want to be an asshole. In the same token, I almost feel like building a generic message that's like, fuck off, it's my weekend. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, so business is great and it's booming and it's growing quicker than I could ever imagine. The office side of things, the social media side of things, the part side of things, I have no knowledge of. Like I have no background in any of that. Mm-hmm. That's fully winging it. Crazy. And if I can wing it, anyone can. It's drive that makes it. I went to year nine at school. I never did a day of year 10. Yeah, right. I had a little bit of dyslexia when I was a kid. I'm as dumb as a post with a pen, mate. Yep. Like uh, embarrassed with my handwriting. Like so many people, once like I sort of spoke to some people about things, they're like, dude, this super successful businessman I know goes, I had to teach myself to read and write. Yep. I was like, oh, it kind of makes me feel better, you know, like... It's not just me that's a dumbass and not not bumbling or faking my way through or anything like that, but um, don't really feel like a businessman, if that makes sense, because I'm not, didn't go to uni, mm. I'm, not, I'm not book smart. Most of them aren't. No. Dude, most successful and I believe I'm not, as, I don't say I'm a successful businessman, but I believe that my business is successful from starting from having a little pump up blue bench and a tiny little space to start to having what we have now which i'm crazily grateful how many bikes have we got here now 55 and a mate's jet ski ridiculous yeah from yeah. one pump up bench yeah. yeah yeah absolutely you know like and we pump out the work dude like it's nothing for us to work 12 15 hour days it's wow. that's just part of pharaohs that's just grinding absolutely i've been hungry you know and the boys are hungry with me so mate dane hobby he was my first employee Mm -hmm. i struck gold mate you're only as strong as your weakest link he's my second in charge he's me when i'm not here he never really knew the man before the business now he's my brother you know what i mean like he and I don't say bro or brother or any of that stuff either. So for me, he's literally part it. of my family, Yeah, you know? Um, so he's just, you couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better bloke. And to have someone like that in your business, that stems off him too. And his wife and his kid, you know, like we're a team package. Jason Ralph, he's out there right now grinding, not because he needs the money, not because I've told him he has to work. He loves it. Yeah. The dude was here at 8.30 last night getting a motor out because a guy's crank's buggered and he wants it back in two weeks. And we didn't know the crank was buggered, obviously. We don't have crystal ball. Mm. So I don't put it down to just me. It's a team. And it all sort of fell in place. Like everyone that's come and worked for us, we didn't put the feelers out finding someone. They're just sort of conversation sort of come up. Next minute, they're here. They sort of fit the mould. Absolutely. That's how it works. Yep. We, the first, so we just put out for a position in the office, which is actually quite daunting for us. I think we've, we've got over 50 applications for the job. We had three applications in five minutes. How do you even, and we just put it on our social media. We didn't put it on seek or any of that kind of stuff. Really? Yeah. Wow. Dude, how do you even get your resume ready in five minutes and send it? I didn't even know how to get a resume ready. So I don't know how long it takes. Yeah, let alone five minutes. I feel like that's pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it. And there's some huge caliber in there, you know, yep. like that want to come and be part of our family. Yep. They want to be part of the brand. And that's know? what your, your business feels like. Like 
when I'm around you through different events and the, you have ladies' nights. Yes. Have, yep. It's sort of like a family. It's always a family. It's yep. community. You've, yep. you've built your about, you've built your like foundations around community. Yeah. The whole lot of it, you know, yep. that you teaching people how to pick bikes up, things yep. like that. That's it's. Dude, I didn't sell anything that night, right? It yeah, wasn't about, about selling anything. It's about building building relationships. Not even that. No. Honestly, what women's night's about to me is I have a mum and yep. I have a sister. Yep. Right? If they were riding, I would want someone teaching them the skills they need yep. to be safer and ride a safer vehicle. Probably, I don't know if a majority, but a lot of the chicks that were here own jet bikes. Yep. We don't work on them. But it's a community around you. I was Just teaching them how to fit themselves on a motorcycle. Mm. Right? I didn't write a script, to be honest. I didn't forget about it, but like five o'clock that afternoon, D Seville turns up and starts setting things up and I'm like, oh shit, it's tonight. Wow. I wasn't prepped for it at all. I just started talking. So who's D Seville? So D D and Andrew Seville are the most beautiful people you ever meet, right? Yep. And huge advocates for the brand. They created Sunny Coast Cruises, which is a cruising group around here that just ride bikes. Yep. There's no bullshit. There's no, you have to do, you have to, you have to, you, you must, nothing. If you turn up, ride your bike, put a smile on your face, happy days. Nice. Meet at the pub or the coffee shop, have a beer, have a coffee, whatever, cruise home. That's all it is. They have the best little riding group ever. When I say little, it's huge. Like they got, I don't actually know how many members, but it's shitloads. And uh, D, me and D started talking about doing a ladies night. And... Because she's a chick that rides and she knows as she's super passionate and she knows how passionate I am to keep her informed with her bike, comfortable, fitted, everything. So we get her sorted and away we go, you know. And so she was like, we should do this. Like, we can do this. So she was a huge part of that. Her and Jamie pretty much did, mate, most of the background stuff's Jamie. Really? Absolutely, dude. I swing the spanners yep. and I'm the face and the voice. Jamie's the gun. Yeah. She, we would not be, we would not be anywhere where we are today without my wife, for sure. Yep. Most, most men will say that. Mm. She's the boss, mate. Absolutely. And I have no shame in saying that. I'm stoked. I'm proud as punch to Big say. Team. Absolutely. And she's the coach. Yep. <laughs> for sure. That's it. Yeah. For sure, mate. You know, like I'm just running the plays that she gives. Yep. Yeah. Unless it. Um, most of the ones that like I am creative in the way that I do things and um, come up with a lot of ideas and everything for sure but Jamie's the backbone mm. yeah and then um, so yeah we got the ladies night together we ran that other people did it sort of straight after us and they did it to sell stuff yeah dude I made nothing out of that night I didn't make a cracker yeah we put on wine cheese and biscuits I didn't realise how much wine women drink or cheese and biscuits for that matter um, we had a, like a, a lot of really good prizes. Yep. Bell Helmets gave a helmet and uh, heaps of places. Bursons gave us a package and so on and so forth. And um, so the biggest thing was informing everyone. And the main reason that I didn't want men there was so that that woman could ask me that stupid question she's had in the back of her mind that she doesn't even want to ask her husband. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she doesn't want to seem like a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Everyone says it. There's no such thing as a dumb question. And I mean it. Mm. You could ask me what seems to you like the silliest question you've ever asked someone. Like, what's that? Oh, it's a nut. Oh, okay. 
If they don't know, it's not a silly question. Yep. Ask me. Bring it on. We did question time. I tried to... And we had this one lady, I'll never forget her, um, sort of a tall, sort of sort of goofy, and I mean that in a good way, sort of chick, asking the best questions. She was a legend and she was stoked, you know, like she just loved it, loved the whole night. She was my favourite, mm. for sure, you know. And we went through, I tried to go through as much as I could without um, baffling them or without trying to sound like I knew everything I was talking about. Yep. I wanted them to be comfortable, like it was just like a... Just be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Yep. Dude, I don't know everything. Mm. Like, I, I'm 31. Every day I'm learning. Anyone that say they don't is a fool. Yeah. Because you're missing out on a lot. And you can... I could learn off a lady. It's her first day writing. There is something to be learnt off that woman. Right? Or man or whatever. I used to watch C-grade when I was racing because you'd pick... The dude could come dead last, but he ran a line. You're like, that's a good line. Only yeah. use that. You gained a second. Straight you can away. learn something off everyone. 100%. Never be too big-headed to miss it because you'll never grow. Mm. For sure. It's a huge thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you see for you? Faro Customs. What do we see for that? <laughs> like, this, is, this, dude, this has is been accelerated. what I ever thought. So... When I started it, I wanted to work four days a week, yep. make enough money to live, yep. and go surfing. So this is post-Canada, come yep. back to that time. Yep. Yeah, just mm. like in holiday mode, yeah. so like cruising, like yep. no s social pressure, no, I don't want to work. Beer and rent, that's yeah, all exactly. I need to do. Exactly, beer and yep. rent mentality, for yep. sure. It just started growing really fast. So I, before I put Dane on, uh, I worked myself to the point of going to hospital a few times with stress-related issues. Yep. Then I put Dane on, cruising. Then I got to a point going to hospital a few times with stress-related issues and put uh, Matt on. Then ripping through again. Then we put Ralph on. We just kept, imp like I would work myself to a point of failure, body failure, until I put someone on. Like it's not... Uh, Danny Dixon, I seen a clip of him with Dixon Flannos yep. unloading the truck on the hottest day of the year. Mm -hmm. That spoke volumes to me. The dude is a squillionaire, self-made squillionaire, and he's out there on the hottest day of the year unloading the truck and throwing the boxes into the shade to his employees. Mm. That's a man. Yeah, it's a leader, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I try... I try and do that. Um, that's a hard job. Mm. That's a hard thing to implement. You know, like it's very easy to get wrapped up in your successes and think you deserve it mm. or think you owed it. Very easy to fall into that. So that's something I really try and always bring back on myself to re sort of recheck myself that I'm the guy that should be in the sun unloading the box. These dudes, I'm fortunate that these dudes are here helping me create my vision. Mm. Get my ass in the sun and unload the box. Like even like last year, mate, we we're talking the Sultans of Slide stuff. Yeah. End of last year. Yep. It was killing you being away. Yep. Like you're talking about the boys are doing this and I'm all, like, I don't want to be doing two weeks in a row because it's not fair. Like no, it's it kills fair. you. Oh, dude. I would. They, they ran like, um, they ran 
I think it was three races in three weeks. Yeah, or whatever it so was. So what right? was it? Wagga Wagga Kempsey. No, Kempsey was the last. Wagga Wagga. Appen, Wagga Wagga, Kempsey. Nah, Wagga Wagga, Appen, Kempsey. Kempsey. In three so weeks. We went to Wagga. Yep. Um, what a haul. Sick. <laughs> oh, it, mate, um, literally, me and Jimmy Gamble. So that dude is a legend. And yep. we went, first race we ever did together was Rossi's. Yeah, right. Cruise down. We hit the piss so hard. Road trip. Yeah. Yeah. But we just like freight trained it there. Yeah. Got there. The night before the race... We hit the piss so hard, like four o'clock in the morning, Jimmy Gamble's eating raw eggs. Damn. Like we... You're on it. We love it, you know? <laughs> like we're there for the whole experience. Yep. It's a hooligan race. Yep. To me, when I put my helmet on, I'm trying to win. But every other aspect of that, I'm trying to soak up as much as I can. Yep. Every part of it. The race was one aspect I enjoyed. But there were so many other aspects. Meeting all the Adelaide boys and like uh, Sammy and Rossi and like all the dudes there, everyone there. Um, that was the experience. Mm. If you took the race out of there, I still would have had the best weekend. Yeah. Because the race was just a highlight. Racing sort of depends on how you take it, but it's like an excuse for a gathering. Yes. Really, isn't it? Like yep. for in, in certain ways. It's, Yep. It's a really great excuse to get a lot of good people together. Yeah, I feel like motocross and that sort of lost yep. that a bit. It mm. become all too serious. I'm not talking to that guy for whatever reason because yep. he's in my race or dude. I'm I'm quite a uh, social butterfly, you know. Like I yep. love talking to people. Um, I I don't hold a grudge against someone unless they deserve it. Um, and even then, I try and get over it real quick because any time I waste on that it's time I'm, I could be putting into myself so um, I feel like motocross towards the end for me was like getting real stale you know like mm. I was pretty serious hooligan racing is like a heap of piss heads riding around in their mate's farm back paddy it's awesome it's good isn't it so good it's what it should be it should be yeah, yeah. It, it brings it back to just the basics of riding a bike just yep. going out and enjoying it yep that last day we got at Ipswich. Yep. Same deal. Like yep. it's a good group. Yep. It's fun. Absolutely. Um, it's close to home. Yep. Be good if like, hopefully once all this whatever settles, it'd be good to get all that back together and get everyone back yep. together and yep. get out there. I learned a fair bit of that Ipswich practice day actually. What do you mean? Because the morning was real sticky. Yeah, it was really grippy. And, yeah. and I was, felt like I was ripping, you know, yep. like the, I love the grip. Then it got real dusty and slippery. Yeah. Everyone was smoking me, yeah. dusting me. Had nothing Is that because you're, you're overriding it? Yeah, the road, used to the grip, riding on the road. Uh, no, because backing it in, you need yeah. the grip, mm. I believe. With the way the way that I back it in, I need the grip to stop me. Yeah. When it was dusty, it's basically like backing it in on a heap of marbles. Mm. You just don't stop. Yeah, you just keep rolling forward. I just keep going off the track. Yeah. So I, I, I learned quite a lot there. I, I wish I had a bit more of that experience before I went to the States and raced at Industry Hills for sure. Yeah. Yep. 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 Have you ridden at Maryborough yet? Did you get up there? No, yet? no, no, no. Got that was hand. supposed to happen just before, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I've yep. never actually ridden an oil track. Yep. The boys all rode at Kempsey. I couldn't make it because I was working. Yeah. Uh, they loved it. Is mm. Kempsey this oil track? Yeah, Kempsey's all there. Green so they raced there. They loved all of them. It's Come awesome. back just like frothing yeah and i was like damn i need to get to do that but yeah so I'm, i am definitely keen to do it get back and out maryborough has been hitting us up for a while uh big red-headed bloke there i forget his name 
Smiley. He, Smiley. Yeah. He's a legend. Nice and man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, uh, and quickly on that, because I met Smiley at Conondale. Oh, really? With a magician, Ollie. Now, this guy, Ollie, huh. I have to bring this dude up because uh, he's created, he does all of our um, machine work for our motors. Right. This guy... I hold in very high regard. I couldn't put him any taller on a board. He, he's been a huge attribute to my business. And that's just business hat on. Huge. What is it, a machinist? Yeah. Building, he does all our crank rebuilds, our head porting. The guy, everyone knows him. Anyone that knows motors in Harleys knows of Ollie. Hmm. He's the, the dude, right? A lot of people... Uh, shitloads of people utilise his work they might may not promote it but it's Ollie's work in there Wow! and that's why they're getting what they're getting um, I tell everyone it's Ollie's work because the man's due not only our respect but due the credit for sure and was he out at Conondale with Smiley? Yeah so he was out there introduced me to Smiley and like because he did all the machine work in my sporty, sporty I ride now that's why it rides so good Right. the motor it is not a powerhouse right it's perfect it's he could make it faster if I wanted it faster, but he knows what you need on the dirt. He used to do a lot of flat track stuff in the States years ago. Mm. So he knows what it needs. He knows what every motor needs, I believe. And he'll probably, if he does listen to this, he'll probably be like, oh, dude's pissing in my pocket a bit. He's the man. Wow. And he's a very humble man. Yeah. And willing, the first time I rang him, he's like talking to my dad. He's a real hard ass, real old man. Doesn't really say goodbye when he hangs up. He's that kind of guy, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. right? And which I respect. And um, the first time I rang him, who's this? How'd you get my number? <laughs> and then he started quizzing me on a few things, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he threw some things out and I was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I think, I like to think that I gained the man's respect, yeah. that I wasn't going to take the piss that I didn't pretend I knew everything. Or like it was a test? Yes. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I think so. He may not have been, but I, I felt like it was a little bit. And um, I, I like to think that, that I, ga- I, I achieved that and that I gained a little bit of his respect and we worked together, you know. Um, he'll tell me if I'm wrong. He'll tell me if I'm a dickhead. That's someone you need in your corner mm. when you're building motors and that is a we're a package, right? So I'm very fortunate that I'm able to utilize that inside of my business. 100%. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, he put me on Smiley, then Smiley watched us race at Conondale, and then he was like, dude, you've got to come up here. Yeah, cool. Because he's racing around on Triumphs. Triumphs, yeah. He's always been like, I, I haven't seen him since I used to race up there, which is probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. And he hooked. He was always on Triumphs. Fast. And, uh, yeah. Yep. Big man too. Because yep. like. I believe Ollie built the motor in that. Really? Yes. Beautiful sound of Triumphs too. Yep. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's good to hear that he's still around. Like yeah. still doing it. Still part of it. Like flat track is a thing that once you're in it, you just do it forever. Like motocross, yep. you, you can't because it bangs you up quite a lot too. Like there's yep. a few people that can go to vets and stuff, but flat trackers just hang in the sport. The guy that won at Industry Hills was like 57 or 62 or. Really? Yeah. Well, look at Randy Berriman. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, he's 50-something like that, and he's still killing it yep. so, in hooligan stuff. So, yep. It's something you can do for a long time. Yeah. It's another beauty of the sport. Yep. Another thing is you can be piss fit and do it. Yeah. So, How many laps is hooligan? 12. 
Yeah, right. Yep. It's a short track. Yeah. Eighth mile. Yeah. I think short. that's like a main event. That's like a long race. Yeah. Sultans of Slide. Just to just to, I know we're jumping around a little here, but just to jump back to that quickly. Yeah. I take my hat off to those guys. They put together a great event. Mm. That is what Australia needs. It Way is. more of that. They had the flat track, and then they had, uh, I forget what they called it. The TT. TT. Mm. So, and then there was a jump and like cutting through the middle of the field and like rollers and another little jump yeah. and like mixed it up. The dudes that do flat track flat out were smoking us on the flat track. Then went to TT, they're nowhere to be seen. Makes it more adverse. Mm. So there could be guys there that suck at the flat track, but rip on the TT. Dudes that rip on the flat track, but suck it. There's going to be those guys there, and there were, that are like, it's bullshit that they bring the TT in, blah, 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 or it's bullshit that it's flat track. It's, no, it's not. This is, makes it so much more adverse. It's fun. Yeah. Look at the fun in it. Don't worry about what you're coming. Yeah. It is fun as. That, that Wagga one. That jump looked huge. Was it? Pretty scary. <laughs> it wasn't actually that big, but you needed quite a lot of pace to jump it. Yeah, right. There's yeah. a video of me and Jimmy Gamble jumping it side by side. Yeah. That was... It's nuts. Dude, you come like sweeping left-hander, full flat track corner. Yep. Then it pinched right, then hits the jump. Yeah, right. And we're like side by side, because I was behind Jimmy. Jimmy gets the best starts, dude. That guy rips. Yeah. And always beats me on the starts. If I beat Jimmy on a start... I would almost pull over into a cartwheel. I'm, I'm stoked. He's asleep. <laughs> Basically, he slept at the start. Oh, of, yeah. Yeah, I'd just be so happy to beat him off yep. the start. You know, like that'd be enough for me. And then, um, and we always have the best battles. And um, so side by side, because we ride together so much, there's a lot of faith there too that yep. we're not going to, we could touch, but you know, we're not trying to. Yep. And side by side, round that pinch, hit the jump together. It felt unbelievable. It even looks cool on video. If it looks cool on video, that's you can imagine how good it feels. Yeah, when you're actually there in real life, it's it's even different, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So yep. I hope, and I, I don't know what's going ahead with that this year, but I hope it comes back in some form or it something will. like that. It will, so. for sure. I spoke to the guy that sort of um, ran it all a bit. Terrible names. So. Dave? Sure. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and um, he's got it worked out. Yep. He's got the formula, for sure. Mm. He's creating a fun event. Yep. But it's more serious than Dust Hustle. Mm. Dust Hustle have figured it out to create this fun as event. Yep. They've just taken it a step more serious. Yep. Yep. Which is what a few of us are chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're investing time, like a fair bit of time and travel into it. You sort of want that next. And you sort of want that next drive, yep. don't you? So, yep. Yep. Um, what other things can we see you riding in the next? You know, two to three years. We say think hopefully next year if it's on, which it should yeah. be. I want to go ice racing. Yeah. Why? Why not? Yeah, fair enough. Dude, I'm just trying to... We're not here for long and I'll probably have even less time to be physically able to do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it may not ever happen, ice racing, but I sort of want to do like X Games, think, ice racing sort of the next thing I want to check off my list. From there, who knows? X Games, do, do you ever, like, same deal, you grew up watching Krusty's, like you said before, could you ever imagine yourself riding in the X Games? Well, I didn't. I didn't make it. No, but it, 
Oh no, you, you're no, on the I, edge I of that. Even, you're, yeah. you've written in America. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. Good start. I never, absolutely. I never ever thought that I would even be in the conversation. Yeah. To get anywhere near anything like that. It's incredible. Oh, dude, yeah. we're sitting in this tiny little bum town in Nambour. Mm. Like, um, like I say, I've never really been good at anything. Not yeah. to a point of that kind of nowhere near the point of that kind of caliber you know what i mean back of the pack a grade yep it's not that good <laughs> you're out there though that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely mm. yeah yeah and i've always grind i think that's what helps me with the harleys yeah. the hard to ride uh takes someone with a certain mindset i believe to be good at it yeah mm. yeah mate i reckon we're pretty much done sick cool anything else for you um, no, nah, I just, yeah, if I could, it's not a plug, but if I could thank everyone that helps me and they all know who they are, obviously, because even, not even brands helping me, the people, yeah. uh, like I said, mum, dad, the missus and everything, but, um, everyone knows who they are and even the group of people that I have around me, all the people I go ride with and they might look at me like, um, oh, you know, that's sick that he's here and helping, they help me. They help keep me where yep. I am. They, they've they helped build this with us. Um, uh, I keep going back to Jimmy and Liam Walton. Liam Walton's been a huge help for me. Um, Mudgy, Mitch, mm. Mitch OG59, the, he rides in our stud team as well. All those dudes, um, they deserve the shout out, you know what I mean, for sure. Um, and then even Robbo and Bailey and all these other dudes that just helped me so much to keep me, my feet planted, keep me moving forward, light the fire under my ass sometimes when I lose that flame a little bit, you know. Um, definitely, for sure. And thanks for having me, man. I'm Mate, thank, thank you, number one. So, yeah. Yeah, as I say, like it just... You can only go up from here. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as I say, it was good. Fits the brand, fits everything. And uh, as I say, we, we've talked so much the last few, last year or so. Yeah. Uh, it's an easy chat. So, yeah, thank absolutely. you so much, man. Really appreciate See, it. Thanks, dude. Appreciate cool. it. No worries. Thanks. See you, mate.